Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. They used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. They used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. What up, what up? We back the realest podcast ever. Uh, here on a Monday, you know, normally we put shows out on a Monday, we're recording on a Monday, uh, let the weekend, you know, marinate, some more marination, you know, Sunday, from the weekend. Sunday has become a uh, a spectacle day in life. Yeah. You notice that all the events, all the spectacles, everything yeah. happens. So you kind of got to let all the events speculate, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because if you record too early on a Sunday, you might miss the Sunday afternoon and the evening stuff, yeah. and you got to come back do emergency show. Yeah. Who wants to do that? So here we are on a Monday recording. Y'all should be hearing this on a Tuesday. Um, if you're on the YouTube community, you should be seeing this probably on a Wednesday, depending on if they uh, yellow or uh, red flag this video or mm-hmm. not. That determines a lot. But uh, you know, we're here, man. The realest podcast ever to uh, to do what we do. Coming off of celebrating 300 episodes on the main feed and 300 on Patreon. We're going to clap that up, you know what I mean? So we out here working. If you're not on the Patreon, get on Patreon now. We just released a brand new episode uh, for free. You don't even have to sign up at all. You can just go to Patreon and just listen to it. It's, going, it's called A Stream of Consciousness. I, te- I, I teased this episode on Twitter and told people it probably will never come out, and I told them the general context of it, and... 40 people were like, put it out right now. Oh, yeah, Send mean, me the link. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's messy? Send me the link. And I'm just like... I don't think it was messy. I think it was more so like a... Uh, it was like a big-ass just... What's the term I'm looking for? Like a like a like a stream of consciousness for like two hours. Yeah, literally. Like just, yeah, this is what I think. <laughs> and, you know... Deal with it. Like, you <laughs> right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, that, that that episode is out now on Patreon for free. We're going to start doing that where, you know, we have some exclusives that'll it'll be housed on Patreon. Just won't, you know, see the main feed, but y'all mm-hmm. can listen to it for free. Patreon.com slash official TRPE. You can check that out. A couple other free episodes that we have on there that you can, you know, get a feel for what we what it is that we do on Patreon uh, week in and week out. Big Dan is here. Say what's up to the people, Big Dan. Wow, damn. We have a lot to talk about today. I came with a full rundown. Uh, the last few weeks, uh, the content gods have just been blessing us and blessing us and blessing us where I ain't got to do much. Just, uh, what do they call it? Uh, aggregate the data. That's all I got to do. Um, first and foremost, how was your weekend? Uh, it was going good to the NBA ruined it. <laughs> You know okay. what I'm saying? Solid. You know, it's a normal weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I didn't really do much. I I, I chilled. I uh, I soaked my feet Friday. I've gotten into that little old bit. head shit. Old head shit. You know what I'm saying? Got the ad. Got the athletic Epsom salt. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, I, I really didn't do much all weekend. Did I go out at all this weekend? I don't know. I'll tell y'all what I did. I saw two great movies this weekend. One in the movie theater, and one I watched at home after I left the movie. The movie I saw in the movie theater was the uh, the One Love, the Bob Marley movie. Okay. It's phenomenal. 
it's so good because it's like it's not his whole life. Okay. It covers basically the time period of the civil unrest with the the you know the gang wars and the political war that was going on in Jamaica, his rise to prominence as an artist, the creation of the Exodus album, that subsequent tour, him finding out that he had cancer and then the final concert that he did in Jamaica and then boom. It's over. So it's like a time capsule, you know, of his life. His so it shows his relationship, uh, you know, with his wife, with uh, with Rita Marley. Shows the, you know, the guys that was gang war and the attempt on his life when they shot Rita in the head and her dreadlocks ended up saving her life. It's a phenomenal movie. It's super well done. And surprise to me, way out in Chester County in the movie theater, that shit was packed. So people are going out to see this movie, and I would you know, imagine in urban areas, it's probably. Super demand for you know, that. For, for what we like like to believe, looking out of our own lens, you know, Bob Marley has the second longest running album on Billboard 200. Yeah, like his that 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 uh, forgot what album it is. I think it's it, Exodus. Whatever, it's been on there for like 900 weeks. Yeah, some crazy shit like yeah. that. The only thing that's been on there longer, I think, is the uh, uh, it's one of those those rock bands like the um. Eagles or Queens, not not Queen. I can't think of the name of them, but they're the only ones that have more weeks on. Bob Marley is one of the biggest figures, like yeah. And and you know, even with me, you know, being of a certain age, being forty or whatever, um, you know, Bob Marley just escaped me because he died in 1981. The main crux of his career and for the focus of this movie is 1976 to 1981. So you got a five year window of all of this greatness and all of this transformative stuff that he did in this five year period of of becoming King a, Floyd. of becoming go. an international superstar and then it's just over. You know what I mean? And um I never really knew what killed him. Um, you know, and then when you see the film and then you see the assassination attempt, you're like, well, did it have something to do with this, whatever, whatever? And then you find out later, you know, that it ended up being cancer. But um I I gotta go back and give Figure, go through the credits and all of that and give credit to who I, who needs to get credit for, but this is a phenomenal movie, and it's very, very good. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, has 988 weeks. Bob Marley and the Whalers, Legend, has 800, oh, legend. Okay. 821. I'm like, I know it's one of them Bob Marley albums. Yeah. But um, real quick before you go to the next movie, I struggle now with with, with going to the movie. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a large uh, t- undertaking. I was having a conversation recently. I'm like, yo, do do, do y'all remember like matinee? Remember going to the movies for like four Bruh. bucks? And like it, Saturday afternoon. Saturday, one in the month, one in the afternoon. Yeah. Remember it'd be like one, two thirty. <laughs> you get in there for that early. Yeah. You straight. And I'm like, even going to the you remember like the right aid used to be right next to the 69th Street movie mm-hmm. So you go in there, get a bunch of shit going with like now it's like, yo, like I don't want a fried lobster's head. You know, like, like, yeah, I don't need a 39-ounce uh, Don Julio margarita. What are we doing here? I'm going to movie theaters now, and the menu is more extensive than, like, a Shoshin collection, brother. <laughs> this is insane. You go to the movie, and it's like, it's already bad enough you got to pay you know, $27 for the ticket. You yeah. got to get two of those, apparently. So you get those, then you order drinks. For the movies, it's like a $250 experience. <laughs> and we used to complain about popcorn being $6. Yeah. And we had it good that whole time. Popcorn, $41 for a large. Oh, when you see, I see people now, they be like, at the movies, they'll show like the, the picture, like the little table with it, and it'd be like, 
I know you're not like, is that a bottle? Like, <laughs> like niggas look like they had continental. Yo, it's bottle service at the movie. Like, yeah, the movies is a whole test. Yeah, the, but mo- I was, the movies is heavy. Man. I was saying, you remember back in the day, like going to the movie theater and paying for one movie and then watching all that shit? Yeah, I'm about to watch Apollo 13. Yeah, he been there all day. <laughs> hey, just going theater to theater. What's going on over here? Clifford's Big Adventure. <laughs> see what this shit cracking for. <laughs> Ninja Turtles don't start till four. Hey, I heard, I heard Twister is a bad mother. <laughs> you just in there watching Doing shit. a bid in the movie theater. Straight up. And I'm like, you know, the whole premise of the assigned seats, and because now they can't cram seats. And that's yeah. the, I was having a conversation with somebody, because like, when the fuck did the movies become so expensive? I'm like, here's the thing. Back when you was paying $6 to go in the theater, they didn't give a fuck. It was free for all, all every like, man for That shit was like Shea Stadium, nigga. You, you go in there, you on your own. I remember we all went to Friday at the next down in Riverview. Niggas yeah. was sitting on the steps, yeah. walking up in it because there wasn't no seats left. Whereas, like, now, you know, I'm, I'm in J30, so uh, <laughs> we get, like, now you got these assigned seats that stretch out and kick back so you don't have the space to cram all these seats and all these yeah. people because it's assigned seating through the whole fucking, you know, theater, so they, they charge more for the right. shit. But I'm like, I've seen Jones recently where it's like they got beds in the movie there. It's just like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, nigga, net $33. Don't <laughs> <laughs> get some of this shit. Oh yeah, man. Nah, I'm cool. Yeah, What's the, the movie you watch at home? Uh, have either one of y'all seen American Fiction yet? No. Holy shit! It's the best movie of 2023, easily. Um, Jeffrey Wright is the star of it. It's Jeffrey Wright, my peoples. Yeah, Jeffrey man. Wright, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, um, Erica Alexander, Maxine Shaw, Attorney at Law, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what the fuck is his name? Um, from This Is Us, uh, Sterling K. Brown. Uh, Johnny, I mean, uh, uh, the one that played the black prosecutor, yes. uh, Chris Darden. Yes. Sterling K. Brown. See, I know my actors, man. Yeah. So the basic theme of the film, and I wrote it out cause I didn't want to skip nothing. You're going to love this shit. The theme of the film surrounds a frustrated writer and professor, uh, Thelonious Monk Ellison, who hasn't sold any books in a long time. So he's a professor at this astute university teaching, you know, literature and education or whatever like that. So he's like doctor, doctor, a lit doctor education or whatever, teaching as a professor at this college in, um, in California. He's signed with a publisher that's based out of uh, Massachusetts, where he's originally from or whatever like that. So he hasn't sold any books in a long time. He has a book that he's actively pitching that they sending out to all these publishers. Everybody's passing on it. Basically it's like the book is too smart or whatever. So all of his books are too smart because he's a doctor of education. His brother and sister, Tracy Ellis Ross, Sterling K. Brown are both doctors. Also Sterling K. Brown is a cosmetic cosmetic surgeon. And then um, his, his sister is a family doctor. Tracy Ellis Ross is a family doctor, or whatever. So you got three siblings, three doctors, unbelievable. And a father was a doctor too, or whatever like So the shit is too smart. So as a parody to the book, he writes this trite book called My Pathology. Not pathology, P-A-F-O-L-O-G-Y. Basically, as a a way to, like, stick it to the publishers, like, send this out. Send out this little, like, quick little manuscript and see what they do. All of the publishers fucking lose their shit over this book. So he's so mad that they're interested in this shit that he's, like, I want to change like the name of the book. So when he gets on the phone with the publisher or whatever, inter- to, to interview, uh, you know, about the process, how much they're going to pay and all of this old stuff, 
He has to play like some ghetto ass nigga from the hood because mm. that's the POV of like the jump. So he's like, "Yeah, uh, what, what's going on?" She's like, "Oh man, I, 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 I was a little worried the first time. I, you know, I thought I was worried that you might be a phony." He's like, "No, yeah, this is me. You know what I'm saying? So what's going on?" Yeah. And she's like, uh, "She's like, yeah, so you know, we we love this book. As you see, the offer is uh, is extremely large. It's different because we think this is going to be a bestseller. They offered him seven hundred fifty thousand for the book." which is crazy in the publishing world. All from 750000 He's like, yeah, so, you know, I, I had a thought, because he basically he's getting cold feet about this shit. Like, I'm not going through with this. So he's like, I got a thought. I want to change the name. They're like, okay, we're, we're opening suggestions. What do you think? Fuck. <laughs> and they like, hold on. He's like, yeah, I want to change the name of the book to fuck. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's non-negotiable. So either, we, either it's fuck or it ain't happening. These white people pause the phone and talk. They're like, we're in. Yeah. So now he's got this goofy ass book that he didn't even mean to write about all this generational trauma. This the 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 nephew shoots the uncle, the mom is on crack, like all of this crazy shit or whatever like that. And not only does he get a book deal, he gets a movie adaptation for the shit for four million dollars for the goddamn movie rights. So he goes through this whole thing or whatever like that, this whole rigmarole. He gets a phone call from the Massachusetts Literary Society. They call him and say, hey, we want you to be a judge for, you know, the this annual book award that we give out, whatever, whatever. What gets entered into the fucking competition? The movie, the Fuck. Movie. <laughs> yes. So he receives a package at his mom's house of this goddamn book. He's like, yeah, you got to be shitting me or whatever. So now he's in the throes of this shit is five judges, him and three. And Four others, uh, with Issa Rae being one of them. Now she just wrote a book called "We Bees Niggas" that yeah. has tore up the whole book circuit and all of this shit. So now we got fuck, and did the author of "We Bees Niggas" in this shit or whatever like that. And it's basically like a whole parody around the fact that the more ignorant the content, the more people are attracted to it, white people included, because for them, it's like trauma porn when it's like these black stories being told and all of this so shit. So they go through the whole like rigmarole. They, they go through the whole rigmarole of these 10 books. What do they pick as the book of the year? Fuck. Right. So he ends up going through that whole process, and I'm not going to give up the, uh, the, end of the, the end of the shit or whatever the case may be. But the overall film is just an examination of how society engages with trash content despite the fact that so many people complain about it. Mm -hmm. We talk about this shit all of the time, you know, specifically, uh, you know, on Patreon, maybe more than the main show or whatever like that. But it's just an examination on where we are as people where we've been fed trash for so long that we, we think that the trash is motherfucking Lebec Finn now. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, come in contact with all of this shit. And it's like, yo, you got a doctor of literature that had to make something shockingly and ignorant in order to get recognized, despite the fact that he wrote all these brilliant as seven, eight, nine brilliant books before, but they don't ring the cash register because there's no shock attached to the shit. This motherfucker getting calls to go on Good Morning America and shit. He on there with a mask on. <laughs> like, just all of this shit around this book because it starts off as a spoof and then it just blows the fuck up. And it's a bigger examination of society. But the, the the film is fucking awesome. I'm it's gonna, funny. It it's it's super you good. You ever seen Airplane back in the day? Yes. Remember the job scene? Yeah. The, the niggas speaking <laughs> job. And the, the waitress, the uh, stewardess is like, yeah. I don't know. The old white lady said, so she's I speak job. She's like, oh, talk to him for me. Let him know I'm going to go get him some medicine. And I If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. 
At participating McDonald's. I'll be right back. He said she's gonna catch you on the rebound with the pizzles. He said, "What it is, Big Mama? I know I'm not. I'm not hitting no bullshit. I understand a di- her. Her. What do you say? I dug her. I dug her. Talk, dig it. <laughs> I dug her. Talk, dig it. I dug her. Talk, dig it. Like, hey man, that's silly as shit. Now I'm gonna watch that. The um, I have started watching a docu series that was fen- that's phenomenal. Okay, it's on Hulu and it's called Narco Traffickers. I watched like. Three episodes. It's three that. seasons. One focuses yeah. on South America. One focuses on the mob. Other one focuses on uh, Asia. Yeah. They got everybody in this shit. Oh, Griselda, Griselda Blanco's son is in it. Henry Hill's family is in it. I'm talking about the the um the two niggas who was trapping for El Chapo in Chicago. Oh, um, the, uh, uh, the twins. Guzman. Guzman. No, brother? no. The Flores, Flores, Flores. Their Flores. wives are on it. Like, everybody's in this junk. It's very good. The first season follows, like, South America. Yeah. So it's all about Griselda, uh, how she put on, uh, what's the big guy? Um, Pablo. Then how the the cartels, the Tijuana, the, all this shit. And then the Sinaloa, El Chapo guy. Yeah. So it follows all that. Then the second season is on the mob and how they started bringing in heroin through the French Connection and all mm. that shit. Then the third season is Asia. I'm just starting that. It's so fucking good. But it's so crazy because... Have you noticed that, like... What, what's the code of the mob? Omerta. Which is... Silence. Our, it's, yeah. it's our thing it's and our it thing. don't exist. Yeah. And you know the whole... We don't talk, we don't tell, because this is basically death or dishonor. I'm like, when you watch the season with South America, right? The Flores twins, Chapo, Pablo, all these men, they, all of their like sons and their daughters and family members or whatever, they talk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you watch the mob, John, it's them. Like, you know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. for the mob thing to be code of silence, Omerta, you know, do this thing of ours. It's like whenever you cut on a mob documentary, that shit at the bottom be like underboss of the community. Like, right. yeah, no, nah, we was clapping niggas. <laughs> <laughs> like, these niggas all told. Yeah, because like, what it is is yeah, Omerta only applied up until the RICO statute came about. Duh. And it's like, once they found something that made motherfuckers more afraid of the government than the mob, then it was like, Omerta went out the motherfucking window. They got they got Sammy Gravano on there, and I'm thinking like... Yo, he won't crazy. stop talking. This, I didn't know. <laughs> so they, they, I'm, they, Sammy Gravano saying, mind you, Sammy pulled off 20 murders and did all this crazy. I'm just like, yo, it's crazy that he even doing this. That shit gets it in. He like, yeah, follow me on YouTube. I'm like, YouTube? <laughs> Look, this thing, I got a whole like yeah, these motherfuckers don't shut up. Though. Yeah, he was about to uh, he was about to whack uh, Patrick Bet David. <laughs> they was going at it on the show. Yeah, Ooh. I'm like yo, this shit is crazy. Yeah, he dog. was beefing with uh, Michael Francis. He another one. He be on everything. Public speaking and get this shit is crazy, dog. I'm like, dog. They they had the one episode talking about the Luthanza heist. The boy who did the heist with Burke and all of them. He on there. He like, y'all smacked me with the pistol. I didn't think he was going to drop it. <laughs> Yo, this shit is nuts. I mean, what are the uh, statue of limitations on this shit? Whereas, like, every episode in the South America joint is told from a perspective of, like, 
they got Michael Corleone, like Griselda, like he's yeah. telling his perspective on what his mom did or what. Do they get to the mom joint? It's literally like Ruggiero is on there, Bull is on, like they're all on there, just like, yeah, hey, you know, yeah, we was at the cab stand. I got to clap, motherfucker. And go <laughs> this shit is crazy. I was like, damn, man. But it's a very, very good docuseries. You Narco should watch Traffickers. It. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very good. That that shit is that's probably the best shit I'm watching. Real right quick, now. before we get into these topics. uh, the Patriots documentary. I heard I haven't started. I was watching the Narcos Okay, shit, all right. I'm, I'm finishing that. There's a Patriot. There's a 10 part Patriots documentary that started on Apple TV uh, this past Friday, the 16th. The first two parts are uploaded already. They got everybody in this shit. They got Tom. They got Bill talking. They got Vinatieri. They got Vrabel. They got uh, what's the other linebacker? Brewski. Brewski's always. They got talking. all these motherfuckers. Yeah, I heard it's very good. It's very very good. I'm just like yo, like the the fact that they're doing it in such an extended window. I'm like, that's how you do a docu series about yeah. a dynasty. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna definitely check it out. I want to start on a. I don't know if this is a high note or a low note. Is where I want to start this week. Um. I'm telling you now, All-Star Week for me is 45 minutes, so do your thing. I'm going to save that. Post-Obama, America has become ghetto as shit. So ghetto that we see something every 48 to 72 hours that's like, that can't be real, and it's real. Perfect example. This weekend, our former 45th president of the United States. Yo, got to give it up. (laughs) Donald J. Trump. (laughs) Got to give it up. Was at SneakerCon in our beloved Philadelphia dropping some Air Maga mids that had the whole SneakerCon in a frenzy. They called the Never Surrenders. (laughs) I said, I like this motherfucker, man. (laughs) You want to know the coldest part of this shit? Did you go to the website? No. Did you see the cologne? He got cologne. What's the name of the cologne? <laughs> Victory 47. <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, yo, that's some bullshit. <laughs> Donald Trump. Victory 47. Donald Trump has, is the 45th president of the United States. Oh. He has gotten into the product game and not yo. like I'm selling appearances. No, no. I'm doing a speaking tour. He's I, selling everything. I'm dog. selling it all. T-shirts, frisbees. Dog, dog, <laughs> dog. And I told you the other day, this is the reality. Trump understands marketing. He all but built the New York allure with lifestyles that are rich and famous. Yep. He built Atlantic City with the mob. He built Atlantic City into a hotbed to the point where heavyweight championship primetime boxing came from Vegas to Atlantic City. Trump is a genius at marketing. Yeah. He just is. He ain't a genius at much else. But marketing? <laughs> right. Getting, getting people to, to, to wake the fuck up? I'm like, yo, the nigga took over SneakerCon. Yes. Took it over. Nothing else mattered at SneakerCon. There was SneakerCon. fuck Biden gents. Oh. <laughs> at SneakerCon. He can't with 50 pairs of sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> Just 50? Duh. I said, damn. I said, so Did you wait. see Roman Sharp got a pair? 9,000. Oh, autograph yeah. pair. Yeah. 9,000. Shout out Roman, man. Like, Trump is, you got to give it to him. He's electric. Buffoon, but electric. Yes. And that's all you need because we live in a ghetto. Yeah. If you electric, you can get, you, you can create energy. Yeah, it's just like, this This was one of them things where it's like, there was whispers that this was happening or whatever, and then to see it, 
And then you see him jump out of the, the car oh. service and he dancing. I'm just like, yo, this motherfucker is insane. Oh, my man said the show with the shit Apollo Creed was rocking. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, yeah, Trump nuts. For man. those of you that haven't seen the shoot, uh, they look like the uh, St. Laurent take on like the Jordan one is, is yeah. exactly what it looks like. It's the same silhouette. They almost got, look like a pair of Etonics. Yeah, yeah. high top yeah. Etonics yeah. with a T on the side that's mm-hmm. monochromatic, all gold foil with the American flag yeah. around the upper. Like that Telfar bag. <laughs> T. Just a T. Big ass T. Yeah, man. Donald Trump is crazy as shit. I saw that the other day and I'm just like, damn, that's funny because like nobody kind of really knew. Like you said, it was like a whisper, like yeah. Trump might pop up today, whatever. whatever. Like what? To so pull up at sneaker con though is funny as shit. And my homie was like, "Yo, the crazy part is that's gonna get certain types of votes that yeah. other people just aren't going yeah, to get." No man, Donnie, cool as shit. He was at sneaker con. I'm that, like, let's be real. The that's, average voter isn't an informed voter. It's the motherfucker that, that came in contact with somebody, a public figure, I was and just they about felt to like say, they like that's him. what the Democratic Party has been doing since. Bill Clinton? Yeah. Like, we've just been riding the wave of being around hip shit. Bill Clinton was on Arsenio Hall. Like, yep. this is that's Playing that goddamn saxophone. That's reality. Obama was hanging out with Jay-Z and Mary J. Blige and all these different people. It's just that that's kind of the way it works. You have to you have to bridge the gap. Yeah. And if there's one thing Trump gonna do, he the the, the gap gonna be crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm gonna bridge, bridge this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna get these people going. Uh, aside from popping up at SneakerCon, Trump has a lot of problems right now. He's got mm-hmm. an $83 million judgment from the E. Jean Carroll case. He just got banged on Friday for $355 million in New York civil trial for deceptive business practices. Uh, here's the rundown on that. Uh, a judge ordered former President Donald Trump and his companies to pay nearly $355 million in a ruling in a New York City uh, civil fraud trial. Trump will also have to pay millions in interest on that money, be barred from serving as an officer or director of a New York corporation or legal entities in the state for three years, uh, cannot apply for loans from any financial institution registered in the state for three years for fraudulently inflating the value of his properties, Trump's sons are also impacted. Trump's adult sons, Donald Jr. and Eric, who essentially run the Trump organization since 2017, have been ordered to pay $4 million each for personal profits from the fraud and are barred from serving as executives in New York for two years. Two former Trump org executives are permanently banned from running finances for state businesses. And what happens next? Trump vowed to appeal the decision he and his co-defendants will likely need to come up with the full judgment of $355 million with potentially more in interest to move forward with an appeal, sources say. The trial in this case has served as a precursor to the four criminal trials Trump is expected to face this year as he campaigns to regain the presidency. I know that meeting is probably funny as shit. Trump like, all right, so where we can't take our loans? What state is it? What state is <laughs> New it? York. New York, all right, shit, let's go to Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because the whole crux of the case is basically like he applied for loans from all of these different banks in New York, secured the loans. The loans are paid off with interest, all of that. They don't owe any money. But it was basically found through the auditing process and the underwriting process that he artificially inflated the value of, like, the properties and the capital that he was putting up as collateral in order to substantiate and get these loans. Mm -hmm. And they're saying even though technically you didn't default on a loan or anything like that, just the mere presence of you giving wrong information is fraud in itself, and you can be held civilly liable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what Trump been doing, though, since Yeah. Lie about the value, get a loan, and buy some shit. Yes. 
Try to make it back and give it back to you. <laughs> In this ahead. case, he made it back and still got banged up. Sound like Donald Trump doing Donald Trump <laughs> shit, man. Like, what do you want from the old head? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know like the uh these judgments are getting more and more and more ridiculous. You get banged for 83 and then come back the next Friday, yeah, 355. And then you still got four criminal cases that you face. Mm-hmm. And then you got this whole circus going on in uh, Atlanta. That we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, but there's a bigger story in Atlanta, believe it or not, that's going on right now. What is it? YSL Nikki. Or the white girl. YSL attorney Nicole Feigen arrested on gang charges. Uh, affectionately dubbed YSL Nikki by the nigger net. She, has a, she allegedly tipped off an accused killer that the police were going to issue a warrant for him and also recruited people to join YSL. Uh, she was arrested and released on a $40,000 bond. Um, this, according to uh, Michael Seaton, who's a reporter down in Atlanta, says in 2022, APD was investigating a double shooting on the northwest side of the city, and police learned that Fegan had contacted a suspect in the shooting, warning him about active warrants for his arrest, APD confirmed. Fegan provided information she learned during a preliminary hearing related to the shooting and advised the suspect to dispose of his phone as police were going to arrest him. She was not representing him at the time, police confirmed. Fegan is charged with participation in criminal street gang activity and criminal solicitation to commit the offense of tampering with evidence. APD just confirmed that Fegan was arrested in Gwinnett County and transported to Fulton County. We're working on getting the warrants, but the hack is presenting a bit of a challenge. I'm going to be honest with you. I know this might sound bad. I, I'm so over this case. It's a circus. I, I, like, I, I'm, I'm literally gotten to the point where it's like, it'd be funny when you see the new headline of the day, because it's one every day. Yeah. But it's like, at this point... If y'all gonna keep him, keep him. If y'all gonna let him out, let him. Like it's yeah. just, it's it's too much. We we've ridiculous. reached the point where now because the precedent was all how you start, how you do anything is how you do everything, and you how you start, so, you should start something with the end in mind. The fact that they started the the YSL indictment case by taking testimony that was basically from all of these different cases and compiled it and aggregated all of this testimony from criminals in all of these other cases, and then that was the crux of what it took to be able to substantiate a RICO, shows you how desperate they were to make an example out of Jeffrey and whoever else would be the last people standing at the end of this case because, historically speaking, criminals are less than reliable. Criminals are less than uh, reliable witnesses. Yeah, so the whole thing is that... um, you know, the, the, the main crux of this case was all from, like, witness testimony and people, you know, coming forward, anonymous tips and stuff like that, mainly from criminals. Like, it's like 50-plus people that have various levels of criminal records that have all, you know, um, cooperated, you know, in this case that served as a lot of the probable cause and stuff as it relates to, uh, you know, producing this RICO case or whatever like that to where now the precedent is already set. So now this tells me, because there's only four people left that's standing trial in this YSL case. So this tells me somebody's got jammed up for something else and cooperated and then like, oh, I'll give you an attorney. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba dirty attorney or whatever, whatever, and turned the girl in. So it's like, yo, this whole shit, all this snitching and all this shit that's going on in Atlanta, this shit is insanity right now. Yeah, I, I, I told you. I ain't gonna <laughs> hold you. I'm mentally... Ch- like, I, I get my updates at this point from you. 
because I don't even pick. Because it's just too much. It's just like, yo, Gunna is out. Gunna's headlining festivals. <laughs> it's, it's just like, if y'all going to keep him, keep him and just tell us when he's getting out. If not, let him go and let's just get back on. They're literally the whole Fonny William, William. What's her name? Willis. Fonny Willis. Willis. It's just like, this, this woman has literally gone from Diana Ross to fucking one of the old Destiny Child members. It, like, it's it's literally been ridiculous. Yeah. To the point where she was on the stand the other day doing something, and people, the whole internet is just like, yo, what the fuck is going on in Atlanta? And I'm just like, bro. Yeah, Atl- like, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta is, uh, is not a real place, as we said in the recent episode we did on Patreon. Um, but aside from that, it's just like, again, some shit is just so unbelievably ghetto you can't believe that this is happening. And then it's like, you know, the internet had they fun with this because it was like, oh, man, young, this young thug attorney, he getting 200 years. I'm like, yo, I hate to be the, the fucking uh, fun police and break up the, you know, break up the fun, but it's like, this ain't his attorney. His attorney brings prosecutions to their knees. Yeah, his, his attorney, um, Brian, Brian Steele. Steele. Yeah, yeah, his attorney is 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 a kingmaker. You know what I'm saying? So this ain't that. This is a nigga we never met attorney. The mm-hmm. nigga, yeah, the nigga in the back of the back. That's who attorney this is. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I don't know if you got into seeing her Instagram at all. The shit is pure comedy. Yeah, I've seen, like, the shit people was posting. Yeah, she's posting, uh, you know, videos of her, uh, you know, Rap into songs from Super Slimy. She had another video that said uh, people play gangster and police games at the same time. That shit weird. Like, she, and, and it's, it's a, basically her IG is like a time capsule that goes back to when she was like a teenager. And she's always been this way. So she's just one of them burnt out white girls mm-hmm. that is in love with black culture, probably in love with nigga dick. Yeah, from <laughs> Redding. Yeah. yeah, love with nigga dick or whatever like that. Went to law school, became a lawyer, and she's an outstanding attorney for all intents and purposes. She posted this one, Joan. It was like 15 charges on there. Not guilty on every one. So she's clearly very, very good at her job. So I would imagine that, you know, the prosecution being able to throw some dirt on her name is uh, probably a very big win for them, at least for optics sake. Have you seen the the whole um, who the fuck did I marry thing that's going on? No. On TikTok? You haven't heard any of this? Mm-hmm. So I kept seeing people talk about it the other day, but there's a there's a young lady on uh, TikTok. She started a thing called "Who the fuck did I marry?" Okay, and she's basically telling a story about her marrying the worst individual she ever fucking came in contact with. And you got to see the shit. I'm on like part five, and I had to tap. <laughs> no bullshit. There are fifty parts to this shit. Wow. Why would I make this up? There are 50 parts. Each part is 10 minutes long. So you figure that's 500 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Of, of, of footage. And all of it is her in a car driving, talking. I don't know if she's driving to Beijing or Amsterdam or where the fuck she's going. But she's in a car and she's telling the craziest story ever yeah. about the guy she met. And he's from Philly. So that's why I like Sound blew, about right. blew the fuck up because it's like a scammer nigga from Philly who came down to Atlanta, but he was by way of Augusta and he was working for the gas department, but then he was doing this and he all this crazy shit and they wound up getting married. He had all this bullshit going and it's all these crazy like red flags that she just like she just ignored <laughs> and you know. All, and y'all bitches be lonely. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like the crate, but it blew the fuck up this past week because I kept hearing about it. I'm like, what the fuck is it? And I went on TikTok and I saw part 47. I'm like, like oh, nah. No. <laughs> this nah. is an allegory. And then I seen like, you know how TikTok people be talking on the video with they face at the bottom? The one dude, he real big <laughs> on TikTok. He like, yeah, so we're going to watch part 50 together. And I'm like, what the fuck? So they had like live streaming joints behind the shit. Yeah, it was streaming parties. <laughs> <laughs> behind the conclude. I don't know how many people have gotten into that shit, but yeah, it's like, the biggest thing on TikTok right now. Who the fuck did I marry? Have you seen any of that, Dan? You back now? The who the fuck did I marry? Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Dan just walked back in the room. Yeah, it's 50 parts to this shit. I got the part five, and I'm like, yo, all these joints didn't miss. <laughs> I said, I'm wasting an hour. Like, what's, what's the Cliff Notes version? Like, what's, what, what, you, what and actually happened? I'm just like, sis, you got to write. Where, where is the back of the book? Yeah, you got <laughs> Like, this shit is crazy. Yeah, just send me the appendix. Let me yeah, just flip through this yeah. shit. Uh, Talk to us and let us know what y'all thought about that. What, who the fuck did I marry shit? Last thing on Atlanta. Uh, Freaky Fonny and Nasty Nate. Um, they were in court on thir- Thursday for her, and then uh, she was back Friday, and then and then Nasty Nate was there, I believe, Friday. Um, I just want to say this: they did themselves no favors with this ghetto ass testimony. Um, it ranged from evasive to snarky to clueless to rude and downright disrespectful at certain points. Um, you know, you had an outburst from Fani of saying, I'm not on trial. These people is on trial. And ain't nothing about this little inquiry that y'all putting in on me going to stop them from being on trial. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't I don't know how that's going to play. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the judge. But um, it's a situation where, you know, when we originally reported on this, we thought that, you know, essentially they had a relationship or whatever that started shortly after his, uh, his start in the prosecutor's office um, as a special DA. Um, as a, what does she call him? Um, an appointee is the name that she used. He's not an employee. He's an appointee. And Mr. Wade will tell you he is not an employee of mine. He is an appointee. Um, but allegedly, you know, they they originally met sometime, I believe, in 2015, met again in 2019. And the timeline of their relationship is he interviewed for this job November of 2021 ended up starting sometime in early 2022, around February or March. But the problem with that is by March of 2022, they were already taking trips together. (laughs) So that timeline is just kind of like, all right, so either because of the fact that y'all were working together, everything got truncated and, you know, y'all constant interaction, 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 um, you know, led to y'all forging this bond to the point where she felt so, uh, felt so so dutiful to pay for a trip for his birthday to Belize. But it's like, originally we thought they took two trips, San Francisco and Miami. And it's like, nah, they went to Napa Valley. They went to Belize for his birthday. They went to Aruba. Um, they took a, a cruise to the Caribbean, followed by a flight to Aruba. Um, the Miami vacation, all of this different shit. And the biggest smoking gun in all of this, because like all of that is, is above board. All of that is fine. The biggest smoking gun in this is, the explanation that she has no receipts to substantiate that despite the fact that he paid for all of these trips on a corporate credit card, that she paid him back in cash. Cash is untraceable. How do we keep track of or trace cash? There's no ledger here. Um, And essentially that she keeps anywhere between 
uh, $500 to $15,000 in cash in her house at any given time. And she admitted that she took out a lump sum of cash from her campaign contributions and kept that in cash in her home, which I believe is like a federal crime, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, somebody that's out there in the legal community, feel free because it's like campaign contributions are for the campaign, mm -hmm. not for you to have slush money to pay your nigga back for uh, tricking expenses that y'all took for vacations. So um, every single political network, every single news network has covered this. Um, MSNBC, uh, one of their analysts essentially say she just sunk the Trump case. It's over because of this testimony or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, people found them to be, uh, in general, wholly dishonest and that it just, it just doesn't make sense. And... Um, this level of dishonesty and financial impropriety potentially is going to trigger potentially an audit and then subsequent hearings as it relates to them if they actually broke the law or not. So a, a mess of a situation. And again, all of these tentacles that spread from this one little tiny uh, office in Fulton County, Georgia, that has now uh, you know spread to YSL, YFN, Homicide Gang, Donald Trump, the 2020 election, all of this shit, and it potentially may all come crumbling down because um, she's an elected official, and it looks like there may have been some form of financial but definitely uh, ethical impropriety because they're saying that they started their relationship in 2022. One of her best friends went on whose condo she was living in for a, the better part of a year went on the record and said they were dating in 2019. So that throws everything off because now the narrative becomes, oh, he didn't interview for this job and then get hired um, on his own merit. Essentially, y'all were fucking around already and one or the other of you suggested that, oh, you know what? You should interview for this job because I'm doing X, Y, Z and then it turned into a thing or he offered himself up. Yo, what, what you doing with this Trump thing? You know, I got some expertise and such, 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 such. Either way, it looks like there's a quid pro quo and a relationship benefit that led to his appointment in his job because he had no real prosecutorial experience um, to date. And the only experience that he had was that he was dropping dick in the district attorney of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. So it's, it's a mess. Like I said, I, I, I've gotten to the point now with this shit. I, I'm just like, listen, if Thug coming home, let him out. <laughs> if not, keep him. I, I'm sick of seeing these people at this point. Yeah, at this point, I, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, at this point, you know, the first, they've already had 40-some-odd days of trial. They took off 21 days or something like that just for various things, uh, you know, conflicts of interest and scheduling, stuff like that, unavailability of people, snow days, shit like that. Um, and for the first three weeks of trial, they trotted out the same brain dead witness every single day for 20, for 15 days or whatever. Um, and he didn't really uncover anything. In fact, Brian still got him to admit that young thug encouraged him to stop dealing drugs and to come on the road with them and work for YSL, the music company. And he refused. So it's like, I, I don't know what this is. And he affirmed the whole truly hum humble under God shit. So it's a shit show of, of, of a circus of an, of an event. Um, Fulton County, I've said this before, does not and will never have the resources to try um, one of these cases properly, let alone all of them at the same goddamn time. And it's turned into exactly what it is, which is a clown show. Yeah, straight up. Let me ask you this. Somebody asked me this yesterday, um, and it made me think about it a little bit. 
If you had to pick the three greatest reality television shows, what would you put on? Uh, the Real World. I have the. I, I honestly have the Real World as like number two on my three. Yeah. But I, I Real World is it's the genesis of yeah. reality uh, television. The Real World. Um, greatest reality shows. Uh, Whitney and Bobby. And I wasn't crazy about Whitney and Bobby. It had its moments, but I, I like I wasn't I wasn't like super tuned into it where I was like yeah. watching it all the time. Uh, it's become iconic because of the memes and like this, you know, the, the Whitney dying. The, I yeah, get yeah, that. yeah, the but short I, form content that came from it or whatever like that because them two are just ridiculous together. Um, what else? Um, I got Flavor of Love as, as reality. As, oh yeah, yeah. Flavor of Love three. was a was a bomb. Like Flavor of Love was a hydrogen bomb of reality television that spawned, that came from Rock of Love was the mm-hmm. the Brett Michaels show, mm-hmm. and then they put Flav in the middle of it on the urban side, and then it turned just into ninety thousand Joes. Yeah, like you know, just the seeing how far people got from their appearances on the show. New York got her own show. Delicious yeah. became famous. Hoops got Shaq. It just was, it was nuts. Yeah. Then it trickled down to the brothers and the, it just, Flavor of Love is, I got Flavor of Love, I got Real World, and then I, I'm saying it to my homegirl. She's like, I see, and I'm like, honestly, yo, American Idol might be up there because everybody yeah. got filthy rich. Paula Abdul did, that's why she in court all the time. But <laughs> Simon's worth 600. Ryan yeah. Seacrest is worth half a billion. Randy Jackson worth a 200 piece. I'm like, Ruben, Clay Aiken, Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood. I'm like, you name them. Fantasia, Fantasia Jennifer Hudson. It's Ruben just stuttered. like, dog. I'm like, American Idol. They're, American Idol been out 22 years. They on a 38th season. It's yeah. like, how the fuck? They, at at their height, they was doing two seasons a year. They, they got American around. Idol Thailand, American Idol Sri Lanka, Ireland. It's just, I'm like, American Idol is fucking insane. Would you consider American Gladiators a, a reality show or is it like a competition show? Yeah, I got that in the same... I got that as competition. Okay. Because that shit blew the fuck up. When I look recently, I saw the new American Idol for the new season. Lionel Richie is a judge. I'm like, God damn, Lionel Richie don't come out of the house. I was like, shit. No, like, this shit's 700,000 yeah. episodes. Like, yeah, damn. All right, yeah. Now I got American Gladiators up there with like Guts. Yeah. Uh, Double Dare, shit like that. Fear Factor. Fear Factor. Yeah, that's up there with it's, that. It's like a competition show, yeah. too. Yeah. So that's his own category. That's his own category. Fear Factor might be the best one of those. Yeah. And then you have, like, Real World. Road. I only watched the first season of Survivor. Oh, and then in that category, you got Real World Road Rules Challenge. The challenge was good for the, the challenge first couple was good. Seasons. Like, the first. Uh, the first like yeah. the, I, I would give it probably about six. Like first, yeah, first all of the seasons five. that CT was on was good because yeah. you knew he was going road big ass Roy, white boy, Roy yeah, rage out yeah, on somebody yeah. and knock him the fuck out. Yeah, the Miz had a couple good showings on the yeah. challenge and shit. But yeah, like, who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. I'm like, oh, whatever team CT on, that's my team. Yeah, that nigga gonna win. Straight up. CT. What was he on? New Orleans? New Orleans. Yeah, that was my man. He looked like Gambit from X-Men. He looked like Cal from Titanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. New Orleans. That was one with David. Yeah. <laughs> Won't you be my baby tonight? Dave Chappelle bored that nigga out. I watched that shit the other day. <laughs> At the fucking Chappelle show. 
Hey, I know you had problems with the mother thugs you've been, been with. I'm gonna be my baby tonight. That was my shit. Yeah, man. Real world was it though. I got real world American Idol enough. And favorite. I gotta get. I gotta as as destructive as it is to the black community. Love I have hip-hop. to I love hip hop because it's there's nine thousand versions mm-hmm. of that shit. Yeah, and Bad Girls Club too. That was a that was an early early John Bad Girls Club. Oxygen, y'all did some good damage to the black community yeah. with that. <laughs> y'all, y'all did some lasting damage. With y'all the, play Oprah during the day, <laughs> and then them wild ass hoes at night. <laughs> that shit come on. It's somebody with a blade. Yo, bitches was auditioning to be on Bad Girls Club, yeah. and now they auditioning to be yeah, on. Yeah, my name Maddie's Kiki. East. I be punching bitches in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the regional double dutch champion. Oh man. What was the uh the the show where they used to go on dates on the bus or MTV? Eliminate. Was it a limit? No, it wasn't a limit date. That was on like WB. This is on MTV. They had the bus. Uh hold on. Next. Next. <laughs> next. I remember they had the whiteboard next. That shit said Johnny 19. Um, Johnny 19 don't want no thin ass chick. <laughs> I was like, Yo, what the fuck, man? Yeah, man. We had some good reality TV back in the day. Remember when Cheaters first popped? Oh. Like the original Cheaters with Greco. Yeah. No, before Greco. Was was Greco the first one? I think Greco was the first one. And then he got stabbed. Then the big husky Clark Gable yeah, whiteboard yeah, yeah, came yeah. in. Now they got. Peter, uh, good Peter, dirty feet guns. Yeah, it done going off the rails now. But like, yeah, when Greco was out there before he got uh, stung with the fifth, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was good television. I remember they came to the one John, uh Dude was uh, dude, girl was cheating on him or whatever. He was they was in like a first floor apartment in like a triplex mm-hmm. building or whatever like that. One of them little small apartment buildings. Nigga climbed out the front window, butt ass <laughs> naked. <laughs> He panned that camera around, busted his ass. Nigga. It was like his best friend or some shit. I remember there. they went to the hotel and the, the boy was in the hotel with the chick. They had the mask on, the leather mask. <laughs> Jesus was crazy as shit. <laughs> My man was like, man, ain't nothing like being out. You see that cheater van pull up. I said, what? He's like, yeah, nigga. Having a boy. <laughs> nigga got some bullshit out there in San Diego. I was dying off of that. That's funny as hell, man. But enough of that silly shit. We 50 minutes in. I want to get to the big shit that went on this weekend, man. All-Star Weekend. <laughs> big ass, big ass poo of a weekend, man. It, it, it's so much. All right, real, I'm going to do a brief overview, then I'm going to let you go in. because I know No, no you I, want, I want interjection, but yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. keep it. The overall thing of All-Star Weekend was it started off, it was like two days, then it expanded to three and then now it's like they start talking about All-Star is like a season now. It, they start talking about the shit in December. It wasn't even an event. It was literally an All-Star game. That was what it was. It was yeah. a game. The same way you have a nightly game in NBA. It was a game. And they started the whole All-Star Saturday night as like a event in itself and that happened after Dominique and Jordan in 88 in the dunk contest you know what I'm saying to where in the early 90s it became like a thing to go to the dunk contest to go to the three-point shootout if you look at old three-point shootouts and shit like that when Bird hit the three-pointer and threw his finger up it was just Bill Walton cheering him on with a bunch of crazy drunk fans (laughs) and shit like players wasn't there you know what I mean and in the 90s it became like 
No, you got to be at Saturday night. You got to be at the All-Star game. And now it just all feels so overly produced. It's just like they're producing the fuck out of this now. Well, when you have when you roll out the LED court, <laughs> like at that point, it's like, all right, this might have jumped the shark. Yeah, because is- now the NBA is in the engagement business. Fuck sports. Mm-hmm. Fuck the spirit of competition. We're trying to do whatever we can to cast a wide enough net to attract back the most fans as possible. Because we've been losing it this shit for years. Yeah. You know, the numbers have been significantly going down every year in the All-Star game since 11. Yeah. So I think this is the first year it actually picked back up. Yeah. And as a true basketball fan, though, it, it's annoying. It's just like, all right, this, this is too much now. Like, you, you got real deal, like... This shouldn't take this long. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, All-Star Saturday Night is a five-hour event. Yes. That shit started at 7 o'clock. Yeah. It don't get done till midnight. It's only four events. Right. And one of them is two people. <laughs> like, this shit is drawling, dog. Yeah, drawling. but the shit, the Friday night now, the NBA is so rife with talent now. The Rising Stars is a tournament. Yeah. You got two teams playing, then the other two. I'm just like, yo. And they can't figure out what they want to do with the... Remember when it was rookie sophomore? Yes. That, to me, was the best iteration of it. Yeah. A couple years ago, they started USA versus the world. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Because when you don't have enough world players, now you're like, shit. All right, back to, <laughs> back, back to some other shit. Um, let's start with it being in Indiana. Um, that in itself is like, yo, I hate to be that guy. All-Star Weekend is a event in itself mm-hmm. for the urban hip-hop part of the world. Yes. Having it in Indiana is not conducive with that part of the world. Well, you know they had it in Cleveland last year. But that is in a weird <laughs> way. So this is more so what I'm saying. When you talk about All-Star Weekend in L.A., All-Star Weekend in New York, All-Star Weekend in Miami, it needs, think about it, it's your Pro Bowl. Where's the Pro Bowl at every year? Oh, Hawaii. You see what I'm saying? It needs to be somewhere where, like, the weather and everything can make it to where... Because they... Basically, people from the media were complaining about it being in Indiana because it was freezing cold and all that shit. And somebody was like, NBA writers and media make me sick because y'all don't embrace the small markets like Indiana or this, that, and the third. But then when you turn around to the NFL, they embrace Green Bay. They embrace Chicago and... Not Chicago. Green Bay and... Tampa Bay and all these different things. I'm like, yeah, but the, the Super Bowl and All-Star Weekend is never in Green Bay. You know no. what I'm saying? They're never going to have a Lambeau Field <laughs> no. Super Bowl. It's just not I happening. remember the one year they did it in New York, and I was like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? That was like enough. But that was like they recently renovated the Meadowlands, all mm-hmm. that. It's New York. So I was like, all right, I get it. But it was freezing that weekend. Mm-hmm. Straight up. So it's like people were, were at odds about that. And I'm just like, yeah, I get it. You want to give your smaller market a chance to host and be the city. First time All-Star Weekend came to Indiana in 35 years. Mm-hmm. 1989 was right. the last time, I believe. So, boom, we start out with the celebrity game. Um, the celebrity game has jumped the shark. Because you put these celebrities out there, and again, it's all so produced. Yeah. The Kai Sinat shit, super produced. They made him a thing. Yo, they're the slu- Yo I love it, Kai. They're slutting it's Kai slutty. out. It's slutty. The, the mainstream media is slutting Kai the fuck It's out. the same shit they did with Kevin Hart all them years. And it's just like, it feels. Oh, you little and black? Yeah. And you funny? Yeah. 
It feels come to everything. It feels overly produced. The Drewski part of it feels produced. Um, Micah Parsons is an interesting motherfucker. Micah <laughs> Parsons won MVP at a celebrity game. Micah Parsons was bawling his little heart. Yes, out. Like, he had thirty-seven I, and sixteen. In I a mean, like game. he was like it. I told y'all it 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 gave off the nigga that got held back. And he's supposed to be in ninth grade, but he in eighth grade just dogging them niggas at lunch on the basketball court. Like you see he out there doing sham guys and shit. Like, like yo, this is a school teacher. Like, what you doing? Like, he was going crazy. Yo, it was literally, and that's what the celebrity game has become. It's become the football players just getting their shit off because they athletes against everybody. Puka dunking on everybody. Shit was ridiculous, man. Um. We're going to give some ideas to how we can make all this shit better at the end. Because I got a yeah. couple. Um, so the All-Star Friday night shit was was one thing. They had the celebrity Rise game. Celebrity game, Rising Stars. Rising Stars game. Um, both weren't that. The celebrity game was a little bit enjoyable because it was like. I, the commentary is the best part of the celebrity game. And even game. that, I was kind of just like, yo, man. Like, again, like you said, they're trying to appeal to yeah. everyone. They did something interesting this weekend. To where if you didn't want to tune into the main broadcast, Bleacher Report and TNT did an alt cast mm. through uh, HBO Max or whatever, where the team was uh, Taylor Rooks, Draymond, and Chuck. Mm. And the alt cast was better than the primary. Because all it is is just Chuck and Draymond bidding on each other the whole goddamn time. They're not even talking about the game. I, I understand the woman aspect of it, especially with the WNBA. The NBA is trying to get the WNBA in the black. They just throwing them bones. We, just, <laughs> we, we, we trying. You know what I'm saying? But it's like to watch the celebrity game the other day where the two coaches for the game was Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp. Team Shannon Sharp had Micah Parsons and 50 Cent over there. None of them are mic'd up. They got Kelsey Plum mic'd up. Yeah. I'm like, bad. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> You got Shannon Sharp, 50 Cent, and Micah Parsons. Three of the funniest, most entertaining motherfuckers on the planet. I dig it. Kelsey Plum is Kelsey Plum. Get her off the mic and give it to 50. Team Stephen A. Smith. You got Stephen A. Smith, Lil Wayne, and and Ron Artest. Get Asia Wilson away from the (laughs) mic. Give it to Ron Artest. Yeah. You're, you're blocking your blessings. Yeah, give it to, give it to the Queensbridge like, correspondent. Yo, you're blocking your blessings, bro. <laughs> like, so I get it. All of the telecasts now have a woman involved. Taylor Rooks with Draymond and Chuck. Uh, uh, what's the one um, with the low cut? She kind of remind me of Kalia. What's her name? Uh, something with an M. Uh, what is her name? Goodness gracious. I can't think of it right now. Yeah, I don't. It's going to come to me. But she was on the main cast with Reggie Miller and, uh, the, uh, I mean, uh, with Richard Jefferson and mm-hmm. the other guy. I get it. But it's just like, yo, go get my fucking Mark Jackson and go get Mike Breen and go get Van Gundy and let's stop playing around with this. Y'all got rid of Chris Webber. Good. Right. You did good. It's, we can get rid of all this other shit, silly shit, man. So Friday night, whatever, cool. Saturday night comes around. I knew going into it, this is... this. It has the makings to be terrible. Yeah. The makings were there. 
Where do you want to start with, with Saturday night? The, the, the skills competition, yo. Uh, I, we did make money. Shout out to the crew. Everybody took team pacers. You know what I'm saying? At plus 140. The skills competition has gone I, from... I'm not going to hold you. The Pacers, they did the obstacle course, and Team Pacers had 100 points. I'm like, all right, easy money right there. And it was like, yeah, coming back after this for round two. I'm like, round two? <laughs> what is going on? Then there was a round three was a of, round the, th- of the same shit from round two. In case they ain't throw enough bounce passes last round, these niggas got to come do it one more again. And I'm yo, just like, yo, what is going on here? They had a obstacle course, a bounce pass a uh, a shooting triathlon, and then they had a half-court money shot. I'm just like, yo, why the fuck does the skills thing have five different Yeah, the skills levels? competition went from 15 minutes to get through to uh, all-day Harlem Globetrotters tryout. That's how long it takes to get through the damn skills That's really what it was, a Globetrotter tryout. That's exactly what the fuck it turned into. Like, just play the music and just, just let us let us be. This is stupid. Tyrese Halliburton, um, he hit the half-court shot. Pacers won the shit. I'm like, okay, cool. That, that went into the books. The three-point shootout. I've been saying this shit for five seasons. The three-point shootout needs to end the night. It's honestly... The most dramatics you get for the whole night. Yeah. It's the most like spellbounding moment where it's like, is he gonna get over? Is he? It comes down to the last rack all the fucking time. My choice in the three point contest was Malik, Malik Beasley. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> um, he still got Larsa on his brain. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The um, he heard Larsa was single. He's lost lost all his focus this week. Final round was uh, Trey Young, Cat. Dame and it was one other person. Trey Young, Cat. Oh yeah, because they had the uh, tiebreaker. Twenty six. Um, Trey Young, Cat, Dame, and it wasn't marketing. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Beasley. I'm just doing process of elimination. Was it Halley? It was Halley. Halley, yeah, Halliburton. So they all had twenty six. Made it to the to the uh, three. They had to do a thirty second shootout for that mm-hmm. to get past it. It wound up being Cat and and Dame, and then Dame went out and you know did the shit. And um, I I just don't like Dame. You know what I'm saying? I, I try. So. I'm si- I'm watching that shit. I'm like, Matt ain't gonna like none of this. Uh, yeah, you ain't gonna like none, <laughs> none of this. <laughs> you you know I ain't gonna like none of this. The um. Yeah, I, I was not a fan of um, Monica McNutt. That's okay. who I was thinking about, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I just, I still can't believe Dame got that 75th greatest player, John. It just, when you've seen the, 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 you know, this is Dame's first time starting at an All-Star game yeah. this year. Yeah, because he can't get out, he can't get it from behind stuff, nigga. That, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, with one All-NBA. Yeah. Yeah, 75th greatest. Fucking miss me. <laughs> you be kidding me, man. But anyway, the three-point shootout was, was fun and it's entertaining. Steph Curry and Sabrina Ioness. Best shit of the night. The, the, dog. Dog. Single elimination. Coming off the street cold. Ain't got no real time to warm up. And she went out there and hit 26, and he went out there and hit 29. Both of them outshot everybody. <laughs> yeah. She stuck. shot good enough to end up in the finals. Of in the, the men's competition, because she shot from the men's NBA line. three, mm-hmm. and Steph shot well enough to eliminate and beat every goddamn body mm-hmm. off the street. Yeah, 
Big baggy ass outfit yeah. on coming here. Yo, I said on Joe, he dressed like Buster Rhymes in High Learners. <laughs> <laughs> Just raining on niggas. Straight up. Steph man. literally has every shooting record in the NBA. Well, not everyone. Duncan Robinson got up. Got Duncan Robinson. With the percentage shit. He, Duncan Robinson got like so many records, it's not even funny. But Steph has he got the mo- big, most, the most big threes joints. in a season. Yeah. Most threes for a career. Um, and he has the record for the three point shooting contest. Yeah. No. 31 no. points. No, I think she beat him. Well, she beat him. I'm yeah. going for the NBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, that, that's the reason they set it up when Ionesca yeah. shot more Yeah, she shot 37. Yeah, yeah. She was absolutely out, outrageous that joke. She made, missed the first one and made everything yeah. else and shit. Um, the three-point shooting shit, it, it's, it's crazy to think, but the three-point shot is the highlight of the modern-day basketball world. Yeah, it was the highlight of the weekend. No, that's what I'm saying. When you watch, like, the three-point shootout is actually, like, because we've seen every dunk possible, it's almost like a nigga shooting at, did you see the two shots Luca shot in practice? That was more dramatic and highlight riddled than any dunk you've seen in the last, like, two weeks. (laughs) And that's what it is now. That's the new NBA. So if that's the case, y'all need to end the night. With some type of shoot, make it a half court contest. Make yeah. it a full court. The shit Steph do from the tunnel, make that the con- like something. Right. But the dunk shit in this iteration and what y'all are doing now, I fucking hate. I like <laughs> I, I fucking hate this shit, bro. Let's do it. The dunk contest is back in the toilet. It's terrible. It 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 stinks. I can't, I can't believe that when I saw the contestants, I'm like, all right, I know who Jalen Brown is. Right. You got Jalen Brown. You got reigning champ, Mac McClung. Mm-hmm. You got Obi Topping Jr. Jr. Straight up. When I seen it, I'm like, oh, Topping's in the dunk contest again. All he does is the between the leg dunk. My man was like, well, no, that's his little brother. I'm like, who the fuck is this nigga? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know he had a little brother. That was a different time. Yeah. yeah, Obi was on the sideline. Yeah, yeah Obi played for on. Yeah, Obi played for, for the Pacers now. Yeah, straight up. I'm like, who the fuck is this <laughs> nigga? And then they had my man uh Hakez uh come the fuck out yeah, there. Yeah. Um What was the worst dunk of the night? Jalen Brown Yo. did the D Brown after he dunked it. That nigga, that nigga jumped over Casanat and dunked before, it and said, ah. Before I get, to, J- before I got to, <laughs> get to Jalen Brown, I got to acknowledge Jaquez, man. Jaquez did a Mexican heritage dunk. They put a Mexican flag on the jaw. I thought Eddie Guerrero was about to come out. <laughs> they started showing all these Mexican basketball players and shit on the floor. He came to do the dunk, and all he did was put a hat on backwards. I said, what in the Home Depot? <laughs> How the fuck is that a Mexican heritage? <laughs> I said, what, man? He literally had a hat on backwards and ran this, up and dunked the ball. This, this next dunk, I call it the Cholo. I call it a, yeah, I'll do the work for you today, <laughs> homie. I was like, what the fuck? Put his hat on backwards. He had a backwards hat on for the Mexican heritage dunk. I said, man, that's some racist shit right there. But uh, Jalen Brown... um. And shout out, uh, I think his at name. Let me get his at name right, because he hit it. He hit the nail dead on the head. Um, you know, you want to give people their props and shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, James Hunt, Mister Allen Lee, his at name. He said, "Yo, man, 
I think I figured it out. Jalen Brown is the most unlikable basketball player on the world. I'm like, yo, that is it. <laughs> I said, that's why I'm so adored. I don't like anything about him. I hate him. I hate the aesthetic of the way he plays. I hate his braids. I hate all. Remember, uh, I hate your black skin. I hate, yeah. I hate like, I, I, I don't fuck with Jalen Brown. I like him as a person. He's super black power and shit like yeah. that. You know, but like, as a basketball player, when I saw him in the dunk contest, I'm like, this is going because Jason Tatum is a better dunker than you. Yeah. Al Horford might be a better dunker than you. They was just like the NBA was just taking service. It like, we need anybody with some cachet. Somebody. Somebody. Please earn this contract. Bruh. Get out there and dunk the ball a couple Jaylen times. Jalen Brown, again, slutting out Kasanat. <laughs> he jumped over Kasanat in a chair. Kasanat is four <laughs> feet tall. Standing. Yeah, sit in that chair sit right down. there, blood. Yeah. Mac McClung jumped over Shaq to start the damn Cleared game. him. Like, <laughs> like, yo, what's happening, yo? <laughs> and the, the, the videos of Jalen Brown missing the dunks, like the attempts of him running it. Somebody had a video. They was playing with him doing the dunk attempts with, like, Tarzan in the video. <laughs> <laughs> it's him running and jumping it. Over <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Brown had like two or three attempts where he just jumped up and didn't even have a ball. Like he just jumped over or jumped to do the dunk. It, it, it was it was terrible, yo. And it made us bring up the worst dunk contest performances ever. Yeah. Do you remember Daryl Armstrong with the layup? Yeah. With the Orlando Magic. <laughs> did you ever see the John from the college dunk contest where the, the nigga, where did, the nigga did dropped the tuss- down and got his eagle? <laughs> nigga did the tussy roll mixed with the drop down and get your eagle on. <laughs> nigga did the funky chicken. <laughs> 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 That's the worst. Heavy on the <laughs> <laughs> The nigga doing a video on TikTok was like, yo, Nethermind is being the worst dunk in the history of dunk contest. Let me ask y'all a question. Would you dap him when he came over? <laughs> <laughs> nut ass off the court. No, the nigga definitely did the funky chicken, dunked the ball, and then did a, a stripper shit. <laughs> I said, like, yo. That's the freakiest dunk in the history of dunks, man. Fucking erotic ass dunk. <laughs> Sexy ass dunk. The fuck out of here. Club risque ass dunk. Yo, that nigga definitely, that's exactly what he did. The funky shit. <laughs> that's crazy as shit. But uh, last in the dunk contest was Mac McClung. And um, I'm here to tell you, man, if y'all are, are, are relying on Bullethead from the Steve Harvey show to come and save the dunk contest every year, that show where we you know what I'm saying? He showed up with the Dawson Creek fro. This year. I remember last year he had the low cut. He showed up with the with the Dawson's Creek with joint. another little white man with a whole little crew of little white motherfuckers. Um, how much do they? Pay? How much did the dunk contest pay? Probably fifty. Oh yeah, that's maybe a bean. Maybe I'm about to show you right now. Dunk contest prize. Is hundred and five thousand. Hundred and five. All right, that ain't bad. Cause if you making you know four hundred or whatever the hell he's making in the in the G League, that bean help out like a motherfucker. That's that's trick money. What, what do you suggest the NBA do? Five million dollars cash money in a duffel bag or goyard bag. Put it in a goyard goyard duffel bag. Um, winner. This is, this is Jules and uh, what he w- thinks. Winner takes all. 
Ain't no second prize. Ain't no none of that shit. Winner takes all. Them niggas will be out there dunking like it's a summertime shootout. I like it. I don't think they can do it realistically because I think that the negative media coverage would hurt. Of giving uh, millionaires five more million dollars. The fact that y'all are the highest paid people on the planet Earth, it would it would annoy people, especially because I told Jules, he's like, no, but the kids and all, like, they would love it. I'm like, yes, but, like, the kids don't do media and don't write articles. Right. All of them <laughs> love Michael Jordan, who played in three dunk contests for essentially... You know, blackjack money. You know what I'm <laughs> like, I just try to get to the table, bro. Like, this, this, can you convert it to a marker? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the money with you now, today? <laughs> oh, imagine. They don't even tell Mike how much money it is. They sit, Mike see it and say, first prize, stack of blacks. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let's, let's get it. <laughs> They don't even know what it is. It's just a stack of black. <laughs> it could be 23 on the fuck. Let's do it. <laughs> Out there hawking on shit. No. So I'm like. Dog. Dog. Pitching quarters with the security. Oh, they playing the music? All right, come on. Come on, Fred. You got to hurry up with this shit. Mike was crazy. Have you seen the whole shit that um going back? To, we'll go back to but Anthony Edwards is supposed to be Michael Jordan's son. Yeah. Have you seen all this online? So they're doing like real like breakdown, trying to figure out if he knew his mom and all this crazy yeah. shit. Did you see Ant Edwards was in Vegas for the Super Bowl and they interviewed him and was like, so you in Vegas for the Super Bowl, do you gamble at all? He's like, I actually just started gambling a little bit. They was like, what do you play? He's like, blackjack. And they was like, oh, so do you bet big? He was like, well, no, I, I, I normally bet max 5,000. If I lose that, I'm done. I know my limits. People in the comments like, that's just how your pop started. <laughs> <laughs> max 5,000. Max 5,000. Max 5, I'm done. <laughs> Motherfuckers in the comments like, yeah, you George. <laughs> That's exactly how you got started. I knew you had it in you. Knew- <laughs> Silly as shit. Hashtag evidence mountain. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there are whole articles dedicated to that shit and everything. That he's supposed to be Michael Jordan's son. But anyway. He looks more like Michael Jordan than Michael Jordan. Ain't that crazy? At, his, at that same age, he looks more like Mike than Mike. He looked like a menacing Mike. Somebody other <laughs> he's like an evil Mike. Yeah. He like Mike that made the team in high school. <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> straight, straight up. But um, back to the dunk contest and trying to make it better. The $5 million joint, I understand it. And yes, you you know, five, who, who the fuck don't want $5 million? $5 million get yeah. you a lot of rollies. You see how hard them niggas was playing for that 500000 for the in-season tournament? Yeah. $5 million. But I just think the negative, like backlash of the yeah. fact that they had to do that to get people to participate where in reality y'all are making 50 40 38 million a season y'all should just want to do this on the strength because kobe did it jordan did it neek did it dr j did like they're gonna come from that aspect yeah. of the fact that like why we had to put that money on a flow to get you niggas to really really give a fuck now i had two suggestions okay the first one i don't think is realistic right the second one Probably isn't realistic, but I think you got a better, sh- better <laughs> chance the first than the first one. The first thought I had was you need to get, because dunking has gone way past what the NBA can do. Actually, At one point, the NBA dunkers were the best dunkers. There's nobody in their right mind that could tell you there was a better dunker on earth in 1988 than Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan. Right. You're lying. There was no one that can tell you that there was a better dunker in 1978 than Dr. J. 
you're lying. That's just what it is. They were the best dunkers. Yeah. Because dunking now has become its own profession, you need to get professional dunkers in this game somehow. So when I look at Mac McClung, who plays for the Orlando uh, Scratch or whatever. The <laughs> La- fu- Orlando uh, Scratch-Offs. <laughs> whatever. When I look at Obi Toppin Toppin Jr. and he plays for the Indiana uh, Headaches or whatever the fuck, y'all need to figure out a way to where – it's the NBA. Y'all got money to burn. At the beginning of the season, let the fucking Delaware 32ers sign Isaiah Rivera yeah. to a fucking contract. Let the Oakland, you know, breakdancers sign Jordan Kilogram. To, seriously, to where when the All-Star game comes around, you say, yo, we bring in G League talent to perform in the dunk contest because yeah. now you got the veil of National Basketball Association. Right. Because that's the reason they can't bring none of you niggas can dunk better than Isaiah Rivera. It's impossible. Don't even try this shit. So you can't bring him up and say, "Who is this?" Oh yeah, he working FedEx. Um, <laughs> you know, he about to dunk for y'all, and him dunk better than John Moran. Yeah, he is shift leader at DHL. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's, it would make the NBA look stupid. Yeah. So y'all need to at the beginning of the year cover them with NBA contracts in these G yeah. leagues to where when the dunk contest come around, all the players from the G league come do the dunk contest. These are the next players up for the NBA where yeah. it's a blatant lie, but at least you cover your ass and yeah, say, you can run that for at least seven or eight years and you get a crazy ass dunk contest. My homie, I told him like, that makes sense like a motherfucker. And you don't think that could happen. I'm like, fuck no, that ain't never going to happen. They don't got enough sense. So he was like, what the fuck was you to saying that could happen? I'm like, all right, hear me out. They get Jordan and Barkley and a blackjack table <laughs> and put it in the middle of the floor and just let them niggas lose with 50,000 in front of them and have them mic'd up. I would watch it. And to think about if you watch the, the, the skills competition, the three-point, Steph versus Caitlin Clark, and then they got Mike Jordan versus Barkley with some dice <laughs> and CeeLo, that shit would be excellent. Yeah, I, would, I would watch Mike Jordan versus 42 Doug and CeeLo. I would, I would pay good money to see that. And he listens to me, he's like, no, I ain't gonna hold you. That shit would be terrible. I'm like, dog, could you imagine Mike with the yellow eyes? A <laughs> big ass glass. You get the bubble eye lens on the motherfucking camera, get hyped to shoot that shit. <laughs> they have Mike mic'd up. <laughs> Tell Reggie, get off my dick. And he's just throwing them bones. I'm like, that shit would make sense. But it's like, at this point, y'all have to do something. Digging up Mac McClung from under the L every year to come dunk. <laughs> Picking him up from Kenzo. Yeah, to come dunk is just <laughs> Mac like. Mac McClung been riding the L the whole way back. And, <laughs> Mac McClung been riding the L back and forth since the last dunk contest. <laughs> oh, man. He, been, he been asleep on the L for 364 Yo. days. The dunk, or, or this is my last suggestion. And I, I don't know how y'all feel about this as basketball fans. What if, what if it's just over? Yeah, just stop. What, what if, not, not trying to be funny, what if the dunk contest, we just end it and just don't do it? You know, things eventually, like, think, like, look, slavery, segregation, shit ends, yeah, bro. Yeah, denture servitude. Women is voting now. Shit ends. So it's like, why are we so beholden to the dunk contest? What if it just, yo, we're, we're done with it. Yeah, wrap this shit up. I don't know how many of y'all are real basketball fans, but think about who won the dunk contest between Kobe and Vince Carter. Nobody, because they didn't do it. Yeah. The last one was 97. The first next one was 2000. They just didn't do it because it's like, 
we, what are we going to do? Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> and it's just, there's no one to dunk. You need to have dynamic dunkers to make it. Absolutely. And to have it be a competition, you need two dynamic dunkers. And now I think people finally realize the fans have caught up in a sophistication level to where they understand now that in-game dunking does not translate to contest dunking. It's two different disciplines, and it's like since, you know, probably fucking uh, Nate Robinson, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, we haven't seen that competition uh, that level of skill in, in a competition where it's like the in-game shit translates to the creativity to win a contest. And that you just used the proper word. A lot of these niggas aren't even creative enough. No. Dwight Howard isn't no crazy-ass skillful dunker, but he was creative enough and had enough personality to where he, want, you know, the Superman, like, and when he did that shit, it fucked up Earth. Mm-hmm. Like, Earth stopped the night he did that Superman dunk. I'm like, I know Shaq was... Pissed at him like <laughs> because it's like you have enough charisma, charisma to take it over the top. Yeah, but those Nate Robinson years, they got awful at the end of the shit. Nate Robinson trying nineteen times for the same dunk. Yeah, what did he win three times? Three in a row, yeah. and it was just like yo, it's ridiculous at this point. Like these not a f- these Michael Jordan got three of these. Why the hell does Nate Robinson have three of them? It just was stupid yeah. after a while. Uh, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, they had the best competition down, like, but that's what you need. Neek and Jordan, where it's mm-hmm. like, it come down, somebody got to miss a 50-pointer yeah. for this shit, to, and that's what happens. But for most, even the big years, like Vince Carter, Kobe, um, uh, Steve Francis had a good year. Desmond Mason. I'm talking about the winners. Oh, the winners, Like, yeah. Desmond Mason, Kobe. What was the guy from, uh, he played in Philly for a little second. He, we actually was in line together. Jason Richardson? Jason Richardson. We's, he brought my Chipotle one night. Yeah, shout out shit. Jason Richardson, We man. was at Chipotle on City Line <laughs> Avenue, and he, he, I turned around, he was right there. He was like, what's up? I'm like, Jason Richardson. I was like, he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, what's up? And I was just like, um, what did I say? I was like, uh... Man, that chase down block, because LeBron had the chase yeah. down. He was like, oh, bring that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was just fucking with you. And he was like, what you getting? I was like, uh, I was getting a rice bowl. He's like, I'm going to get my man rice bowl. I'm like, double stick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 he was cool as shit, though. But yeah, Jason Richardson, they didn't have, like, crazy competitions. Yeah. You know, the best They com- went out there and put a show on. They went out there and put an individual show on. Yeah. The best competitions is, you know, Levine and Gordon and then Neek and Jordan. Outside yeah. of that, the competitions ain't been that crazy. So me personally, it's like, yo, get the best dunkers in the world in the G League at the beginning of the seasons to where they can come out and do the Matt yeah. McClung top and junior shit. Get a CeeLo table for Mike and Barkley. Get some linoleum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Mike and Mike and Barkley versus 42 Doug and Lil Baby no, and CeeLo, no. that's going to set it off. Yo, fuck Caitlin Clark <laughs> and Steph Curry. Like, straight up. Jordan and Barkley versus C, I mean, uh, versus uh, 42, 42 Doug, Doug and Lil, and Lil Baby. Baby. Yeah, straight up. World CeeLo Championship presented by Gatorade and yeah. State Farm. Straight up. I would watch that <laughs> shit, man. Mike out there dressed like a pirate like that. <laughs> It'd be crazy. Though. Big ass jeans on. <laughs> With a Montel Jordan, this is how we do it. Shirt. Did you see the ball? Um, I think it was Desi Banks had on the floor length varsity jacket. That was no, that was a Bud Crawford crazy. Bud Crawford, <laughs> that's who it was. They look, yeah, they had a floor length varsity. <laughs> I said, what the fuck? And and it had the fucking uh the the, the little stretchy part around yeah, the bottom. The bo- <laughs> <laughs> they said Bud Crawford got on a got on a a, a full length varsity jacket. Nobody on earth can beat this man. <laughs> 
Oh man. He really a dirty Omaha Yo, nigga. No, that's some straight Omaha yeah. shit right there. Florida varsity jacket. But um yeah, like I said, get the NBA, the, get the best dunkers of the world in the G League, get the crap table or the, the linoleum out, or just be done with the dunk contest. Yeah. But that can't end your Saturday night. That's horrible, dog. Yeah. That's literally like finally getting to hit the baddest bitch on earth and like the cops kick the door in. <laughs> On a mistake, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh no, we we were supposed to go to three thirty. Like, god damn! Like, it just ends the night abruptly and terribly. And they every year gotta make it like Kenny Smith. Oh man, the dunk contest is back, and that's a fifty pointer. And it's just like, nah, yo. There was one fifty point dunk this year. The joint they gave Mac McClung at the end. Yeah, and that was because they was like, we ready to go home. We just ready to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> On a, on not FanDuel, DraftKings, one of the prop bets was, it was plus, I think it was plus 2,800. No 30-point round in the shootout. And no 50-point. And no 50-point dunk in the dunk. That's that shit almost hit because <laughs> nobody scored 30 yeah. in the shootout. And it was one 50-point dunk. I'm like, that's a bad Saturday night. Yeah. No 30-point. Y'all niggas got trick balls. Uh, money racks, <laughs> Sprite, Mountain Dew, but like 20, oh, 26, 26, 26. All these, ra- all these balls out there. None of y'all niggas can hit 30. You kidding me? Craig Hodges was routinely, Mark Price routinely, Reggie Miller, Larry Bird routinely doing 25. Yeah. Them niggas had four orange rocks and an ABA ball. <laughs> what, no money rack? <laughs> None of that shit, dog. You give Craig Hodges all that Mountain Dew podium, <laughs> right, like, all that crazy shit. Craig Hodges go out there and score 48 fucking yeah, points. Yeah, Craig, Craig Hodges and Larry Bird walking down everybody in that competition and stuff, stuff. Weirdest fact of the weekend before we get into the game. Jason Tatum met Larry Bird this weekend. For the first time? What the fuck, dog? That's strange. Strange as shit, right? It's crazy because over the last 20 years, Larry Bird has become more synonymous with the Pacers. Than, I mean, he's from French Lake. From the Celtic than the Celtics. It's just crazy to think of just yeah. how, like, this disassociated he is with yeah. the franchise now to where it's like, Jason Tatum is the best player y'all have drafted maybe since Paul Pierce. <laughs> right. So it's like, why the fuck hasn't he met Larry Bird yet? Yeah, it's, a, it's a thing. It's some internal shit. It got to be. Yeah, it's some organizational beef. Because there's no reason for Larry, like certain stuff. It just is what it is. Larry Bird should be part owner of the Celtics, VP of general man, front office, front operations, like, whatever what? job you want, you can have it. You know what I'm saying? Because for his what it's worth, on his office on his desk say Larry Bird. Like yeah. I'm just Larry Bird. For what it's worth, he's a phenomenal league executive. Mm-hmm. He put the hell of the Pacers teams. He put great teams mm-hmm. together year in and year out, and he was an outstanding coach too. Mm-hmm. So it's like the fact that he wasn't. Didn't have that position uh, with with the Celtics the same way Magic had carte blanche with the Lakers is and then crazy. seeing that because Magic ain't know what the fuck he was doing right, and then seeing that Jason Tatum is just meeting him when he been in the league for fucking six years, yeah, seven six years. seven like, years, yeah. I don't understand this at yeah, all. Yeah, that's a low out. Yeah, I can understand that they said Porzingis just met the nigga. So <laughs> right. Like, yeah, you just got here. Yeah, but like J- Jason Tatum, like the star of the Celtics, just meeting Larry Bird is crazy as shit. Yeah, that's weird. So yeah, that was weird. But um, yeah, All Star Saturday Night overall, what would you give it out of ten? Six. I was gonna say four. It yeah. it just Steph and Sabrina saved it. I'm anxious to see where they go with Caitlin Clark. They listen, Caitlin Clark. 
I hope you're ready, baby girl, because you about to be at everything. You are about to be a show pony. For, from, yeah. the, from the second the NCAA tournament ends, the NBA and WNBA are going to have you at everything. Y'all yeah. might be coming to my grandmom's house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't even know yet. You, you about to be at every goddamn thing. Aylan Clark is about to be, you know, not no, no disrespect to her as a woman, but she's about to be the most slutted out. It's, it, yeah. They're going to trot her Oh, what Paul Mooney say? Like Dracula, nigga. Like you're going <laughs> everywhere. Did you see that um, the other, uh, the girl from UConn, that's like supposed to be the second best mm-hmm. player in the country, she's coming back for a fifth year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm explaining to my girl, I'm like, what it is is they can make so much more money in college with NIL. It's like, why the fuck am I going to go here and play for 168000 mm-hmm. maximum? I'm not even getting that as a rookie. Probably getting what the fuck they getting a uh, baby a bean yeah one oh eight one oh eight some dumb shit like that if the max is one sixty eight so it's like nah I'm no, gonna the just... max is a little higher now depending on who you is because I think like uh, two forty or something yeah like two twenty eight two thirty eight okay. some shit like because I know Brittany Griner was doing it and Tarazi yeah. was doing it yeah so it's like two thirty something okay it's, right. it's not a lot though it's not a lot not when you were nil Angel Reese did a mill last year yeah. like it's like yeah no nah, I'm. I'm going to just stay here. We're Paulie Shore on a, on a son-in-law. It's my eighth year in college. <laughs> Super. She, they was at senior night. She got on the mic and said, uh, I just want to let you guys know, this ain't my last senior no. night. <laughs> I will be back. I will be back. Yeah. Super duper senior next year. Million and a half. I'm I, taking one course. Straight up. That's what Paulie Shore said. He said, I keep switching my major, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, shit, you know, we want to just keep saying that these college athletes is going to keep just – Staying as long as they can, you know, mm-hmm. when when the money train is there, especially if they're not sure about their pro trajectory. Yeah. Next year, though, All-Star Weekend, I'm telling you now, Caitlin Clark versus Steph, Caitlin Clark versus uh, Larry Bird, Caitlin Clark versus Dirk Nowitzki. It, it's all going down. You know what I'm saying? They're going to have Caitlin Clark versus Lance Stevenson in a sham god competition. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a Caitlin Clark versus Sabrina Ionescu, yeah, one-on-one. It's going to be a mess. To 11. It's going, but the, the dunk contest at this rate can't end the night. That can't continue. Yeah, dunk contests need to come on at like five at this point. Yeah. <laughs> just Straight up. Get that shit out the way. Because, and, 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 you know, putting a bow on it, once something gets better than the professional level and the professional level doesn't want to acknowledge it, like, let's be real here. YouTube, all these things all get purchased by a bigger entity mm-hmm. because it's like we can't act like you don't exist. The NBA acting like Isaiah Rivera and Jordan Kilogram don't exist is the reason your dunk contest is where it's at. Yeah. Why not? Fuck it. Put these niggas in programs and let the great dunkers train them. Fuck it. Yeah. But you can't continue letting YouTube dunkers Dunk the take the ball between their leg twice and dunk it, right. and then I gotta come here and watch the white guy just jump over a nigga or Jalen Brown jump over a child and be like, <laughs> "Oh man, this is amazing." Never mind what I watched on YouTube. <laughs> like this is crazy. See, cat dumbass tried to go through his legs in the, in the game. Straight up, man. Did you see Joker on the break? Like he was going <laughs> dunking. Yeah, it's silly as shit. Let's get to the game though. Um, All Star Game yesterday, Sunday night. Um. Halliburton, first time starting. Dame, first time starting in the East. They were the guards along with Giannis, uh, Jason Tatum, and who was the other starter for the East? Giannis, Jason Tatum, and... Dame, Holly, Giannis, Jason Tatum, and... Because it was a fill-in for Joel Embiid. Right. Bam? Bam out of Bayou. And then in the West, of course, you had the the mega powers of LeBron, KD, um... 
Steph was actually off the bench. Joker was a start. Jokic was a starter. Luka was a starter. And Shea Gilker's Alexander. Um, looking at it on paper, everybody's like the West, the West. And I'm like, whenever that happens, the other team always go the other way. Yeah, yeah. always go the other way. So I bet the East to win. Um, what do you want? What, what, what did you, what was your standout in the game? Standout in the game. <clears throat> I mean, the, the most noticeable thing to me is just like, these niggas don't care. Listen, listen. These, these niggas don't care. Um, this it, is the key to betting the all-star game. Cause we, you can actually make money on all-star game yeah. shits like this because of the points, the rebounds, the MVP, all that shit. We missed the MVP yesterday. We all wound up going with, uh, Jason Tatum again, and then Donovan Mitchell missed those. Um, I just couldn't see Dame. You know, he ain't going like none of that. I, I just couldn't <laughs> see it. But you, the thing is, you always want to identify the two or three players who are going to give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Because if you can do that, you'll hit their point. We took Halliburton points over. That was the favorite pick. They're in Indiana. He's starting. He's hosting. Take his point. His points over was 16 and a half. Oh, wow. I couldn't believe it was that low. You would tease that up. I told you, we could bet at a 16, we could bet at a 20, you can bet at a 25, and you could have bet at a 30. He hit all that shit. Yeah. He scored 15 in a minute in the first quarter. <laughs> Just came out firing. I'm like, oh, that's in the bag. Yeah. You know, that's, that's easy money. I took, uh, I took Jason Tatum under. That got close, but it hit. I took Luca's under, because I'm like, Luca never does anything. Yeah, he don't give a shit. The, <laughs> the one that I just missed, and I told my group chat I'm sorry about, it was right there. Kawhi Leonard under. I'm like, I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, I forgot he was even in the game. I, I, I didn't even attempt to do it. I'm like, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard under was blatantly right in yeah. our face, and we just missed that. He don't play when he getting paid. You know he ain't playing today. So I was just, I don't know how I missed that. I took Maxi under. Um, Maxi under it was 11 and a half. He hit 10 quick points. He never scored again, so that hit. Um, the only over that I ended up missing because I was just so sure of it was Donovan Mitchell. Because Donovan Mitchell had 40 last year. Yeah. And I just figured he was going to come out and just off the bench. And he did. He shot 12 threes. He just didn't make them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, LeBron is definitely 20 years in the game. He's older now. LeBron is just like. 20th All-Star. He got fined for not coming to the practice. And that right there, I told my homies, I'm like, we should have took his under. He don't give a fuck. Yeah. LeBron is just like, I was just, I was buying APs all night. <laughs> This, this broker, man, yeah, he just, just, oh my he just God. kept calling back. Once he got fined for not coming to the practice, I'm like, LeBron under was easy fucking yeah. money. Um, Cat really gave a fuck. Dame Lillard really gave a fuck. Holly really gave a fuck. Outside of that, niggas was just doing shit. Did you see the play of Luka and Joker passing it back? They're <laughs> <laughs> just doing silly shit. And... <laughs> It makes for a not enjoyable game. The over-under for the game was 365. I mean, 356. That shit blew past that yeah. easily. They damn near put 400 points on the board. Um, my homie the other day was like, how do we make this shit? Because my homie was like, oh, I turned it off. I'm like, yeah, I started watching the narco-trafficker, John, after a while. It's just not enjoyable. Yeah, It's just not a fun thing to watch. And y'all have done a real disservice for, at one point, All-Star Weekend, like you said yesterday in the group chat, all-Star Weekend was like must-see TV. Yeah, for sure. The world stopped. All of it was must-see TV. And did you notice how many events go on now mm-hmm. throughout the week? Yeah. like It, it starts like Wednesday. Yesterday, I was like, you know what? No, in fact, no, I'm sorry, uh, Friday night. I was like... I want to see how much, because I'm like, how much do it cost to go to Oscar? Let me see how much the tickets cost. The tickets are outrageous. Like, 
the closest seat you could have got for this joint was like the fifth row of the 100 level. Yeah. And they were 6,200. You know what I'm saying? Because you know the floor joints are given away yeah, 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 and yeah. media and all the entertainment people. And, so you're not buying those. But I went and I was like, let me see how much the tickets are for the game. So I, I typed in all-star game. And I had to scroll no bullshit three times to get to the game at the bottom of the page. Because Lil Weezy had a concert Saturday night. Drewski had a shoot around 2 a 2 p.m. It it was so and that's where Rob was like, people don't realize how many events there are, and these players gotta attend and go to and go do yeah, press. All of do, the corporate people is there and all of that shit trying to see what their money got spent on. By the time the week the game come along, players is like, man, I'm ready to just go to fuck home. Yeah. Like this shit is a burnout. And you know, somebody brought up the, the all-star game from 01, the AI, Stephon Marbury Jones. Mm. The final score of that game was 111 to 110. Like, it was a good – Dikembe Mutombo had 15 rebounds and five blocks yeah. in that game. Like, them – I mean, 22 rebounds and five blocks. Them niggas was playing basketball. And this shit now is just like – it's a shooting exhibition. It's open run. It's not even that. It's, a, it's just – it's a shooting exhibition for the three players that actually want to shoot. Yeah. Cat Williams shot 35 times off the bench yesterday. Cat Williams, Carl Cat Anthony. Williams, whatever the fuck is it? <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns. That nigga shot 35 times off the bench yesterday. Fuck, that nigga was out there doing all type of dunks. All kinds of silly <laughs> shit. Dame shot 23s yesterday. This is drawling, yo. Dame shot like four shots from behind half court line and hit most of them. Hit two of them. Shit crazy, man. All in all, I just... just I sat down, I watched every minute of it, and I was just kind of like, this is stupid. And at halftime, I was like, they're going to hit 200, which is even stupider than anything. Uh, I think the record was 196. They shattered that shit. Mm. The losing team damn near had 196. It was 211 to 186 was the final yeah. score. Yeah. What are we doing this for? This is just dumb. This is just stupid. Now you got people uh, pontificating that they expect at some point in the next five years somebody's going to have 100 in an NBA game. I'm like, yeah, Kobe Bryant could have. Could have did it 15 years ago. Like mm. that, that shit is not no, you know, getting 100 in the flow of the game is a whole nother conversation. But there is no less than 10 players in the league that I think are, have the capability to score 100 points. Steph hit six threes in the first quarter the other day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you look at Steph, Book, Luca, uh, Steph, Luke, Book, uh, KD. Booker, KD. Um, I don't think AD got it. Nah. I don't think LeBron got LeBron it. LeBron right is now. toast. Um, Jason Tatum, if he gets hot, Tatum. can do it. Donovan Mitchell, if he get hot, can Embiid. do it. Embiid. Shea. It's like two other people we're just not thinking about. Shit, I keep it a buck with you, dog. On some arrogant shit, if Trey Young get hot, he could yeah. put up 75 fucking points. Yeah, for so sure. Like, you know... All of them three-point shooters, because you, you got the three now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you get the fuck enough. You get a night where you really feeling it and you you being an asshole about it. Like Giannis said, he was like, Dame came out and he's like, he had that little, that little twinkle in his eye. I said, <laughs> yeah, he's going to go for it tonight. He's like, when he get like that, you just give him the ball, you get out of his way. He's like, I seen it. Is he, you ever see? He looks, he looks, he looks mean. He looks, he looks angry. <laughs> like, yo, Giannis funny as shit. But yeah, the NBA did a good job at keeping the onto the Kumbo brothers far away from basketball. That was great this shout weekend. Out, shout out to NBA security. We appreciate y'all for that. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to security. Shout out to NBA security, man. All in all, I give the whole weekend a a, a, 
I give it a three. I just was unimpressed with it. Yeah, I mean, much all of it. Sabrina and, and Steph was dope. The highlight of the whole weekend. And that, that says a lot. You know what I'm saying? Well, you got a fucking, what you do, a snake-bitten organization <laughs> got to send their main big dog to come in and save y'all weekend. Yeah. That says a lot. Think about that. Like, y'all, are, and that, that, boom. That right there is my thing with the NBA. Y'all are focusing so hard on trying to elevate the WNBA that y'all product in situations like this stinks. Yeah. To the point where now you have somebody from the WNBA helping. To the point where next year, if they put Caitlin Clark is going to be the biggest draw at All-Star Weekend next year. Yeah. Book it. Yeah, she's she's absolutely because it's like you gotta think, it's their offseason. You ain't got nothing better to do than all you're doing everything. You doing the motherfucking Gatorade fucking uh camp. You you doing the motherfucking state farm skills. Yeah. Like you're doing everything. Straight up. You mentoring kids. <laughs> like you doing everything for the whole week. Straight up. Yeah, all in all, like I said, I give it a three. I, it just was very underwhelming, very unimpressive. I'll give it a solid five. Yeah, I, I just a lot of it needs to change to continue on with this. The 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 yo. That skills competition shit, y'all have to trim that back. Like yeah. that it didn't make no sense. There's no need for the skills competition to be two hours. How'd you feel about Jennifer Hudson doing the halftime yo, show yesterday? Me and Carl was talking about this yesterday. I said, yo, he said nobody in the arena knows this Jennifer Hudson song. I said nobody on earth knows this song. Like I I I, I said it, yo, it's funny you said it because I said it during I'm like, yo, I don't know a Jennifer Hudson song. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know Spotlight. I mean, yeah, this is beat being silly. Like, she... But she, that's it, though. She's a great <laughs> singer with a great voice, but yeah, it's like... We don't care. Yeah, I've never been like, yo, cut that J-Hud on. <laughs> yeah, there's no... There's no... Uh, there's no emotion or... There's no appropriate get time. time to cut... <laughs> like, Jennifer Hudson music doesn't... Like, you don't... It happens to you. You don't... You don't bring it to the table. You know what I mean? Like, you just chilling and then some J-Hud come on. But you don't request it. Like, you're not looking for a J-Hud right music happens to you. You don't request <laughs> real shit, dog. That's a perfect analysis. You definitely just be, like, out in the yeah, J-Hud shit. You in Sam's Club and just get hit with Spotlight. And you're just like, damn, I ain't yeah. heard this in a while. Yeah, I've never been in any situation where somebody was like, you know... And I'm talking about, you know. You know what to set the mood off right yeah. now? A Jennifer Hudson yeah. Essentials playlist. I've had sex and driven to a fight. And I've never, <laughs> I've never once heard anybody like, yeah, put the J-Hud on to set the, the mood for us. But it's just like, I, I don't need to hear that. Yeah. Like, so when she came out with the fucking, you know, F1 racer outfit on, I was just like. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson makes music that make white people feel safe. I said it yesterday. She she gives me the uh, that teacher who tries to relate with her students, mm-hmm. but she ends up looking crazy. Yeah, start doing dumb shit. Yeah, faux locks and long <laughs> nails when that ain't even. You was dressed like Vivian from Fresh Prince yeah. a couple years ago. I know it's a dangerous minds two script with J Hud name on it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I I just and I like her as a person, but I just I I didn't understand like her performing at the halftime for that. I'm just like. Future, uh, motherfucking Quavo, uh, 42 Doug just Are you came supposed home. To, you're supposed to energize the crowd, not like... Yeah. 
Not make them cry and want to get baptized <laughs> and shit like that. That's not the vibe for the All Star game. You know what I mean? Yeah, there there was there was so many. I mean, shit, they could have tried to Playboy Cardi and Drogonus ass up there. Anything. Gl- Glorilla got an anthem out right, <laughs> right now. That's my favorite song. Yeah, that, Glow. Yeah, Glow. That's my shit, dog. They could have did that. The, the building would have been rocking. So I, don't, I shit, they could have. What's the the nigga uh, walking the line? The lemon store pair of shoes twelve fifty. A boss like, man dealer could have bought that nigga out there. <laughs> Straight up, dog. He said, I'm dropping a Ventaga. Like, I don't love my life. Like, <laughs> could afford that thing up there. I didn't understand the Jennifer Hudson joint at all. At all. Yeah, they kept it super safe. That was that. They said, we're on a Bible belt. We ain't playing no games. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? We're going to keep was, it straight up and down. That was a bit strange. But, yeah, all in all, I just, I don't know. I, it just, a lot of it, it, a lot of it was just very, and you can feel Feel the cringe in a lot of this yeah. shit now. When they did the introduction, introduction was forty minutes last night. Yeah, the game didn't start till eight fifty. Yeah, I'm driving home. Y'all like, yo, they still doing intros. I'm home ten minutes from the crib. Dog, I'll be right there. Dog, dog. <laughs> they was like, we're now gonna do the national anthem for Canada. I'm like, why? Then they 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 came out. They had a. a sign language person do yeah. the do the national anthem for Canada. I'm just like, then they had. The Marines come out and do the rifle salute, and I'm just like, yo, man. Are, yeah. Mike Jordan would have already. Mike, Mike, like, I'm going back, finish pitching these quarters. Y'all figure this shit out. Like, then they brought out the national anthem. Now I ain't going front. Babyface, he smoked it on the guitar. It was long as shit, yeah. but he smoked it on the guitar. Um, and Babyface Fro, I don't know if he wore his wrong Fro last night. It was, <laughs> grabbed the wrong yeah, hair. Yeah, grabbed his wrong piece, but that joint was ashy than a motherfucker last night. I don't know what was going on with that. But um, he smoked it with the guitar, but then they brought the sign language. And I'm just like, it all feels so over, overly inclusive, overly produced, and just... That in itself just makes me like, all right. Maybe face threw his wife in the bushes two years ago. He ain't went in the crib since. Oh, he just been that outside. Nigga everything. Oh, where, where is that? Where the next thing? I'll just shop when I land. Where is that? Babyface and everything but a casket the last Yo, two years. Yo, straight up, man. Straight up. But uh, enough of the also. What else popped off this week, man? Uh, How you feel about Kanye going number one? I mean, I, th- I think it's necessary. I think that um, it's a it's it's a, it's both appropriate and inappropriate. That it happened because it's him. And, you know, he's attempted to try to walk back some of his commentary, but then still try to stand on it, but then walk it back. But it's just like, I think he realized um, the air, the air of his way. It's like, it's very strange. It's like, it's like, depending on the day, it's like, it's like, fuck y'all, but I'm sorry. There was a video of him the other day. He was coming around the truck, getting into the driver's seat of the truck. Did you see that? No. And he, he ain't had no draws on. <laughs> The nigga came around and opened the driver door and got up into the truck. So you can see, like, his ass. It's like, yo, no drawers and leather pants is crazy. Yeah, free balling with some leather cargoes on is some sick-ass work. You know what I'm saying? I am. I'm somebody at a conference was like, Kanye really like a, a like a like a punk bartender. <laughs> <laughs> he just happened to be worth eight billion dollars. <laughs> like, yo, Kanye crazy as shit, dog. But yeah, Kanye, you know, with this album rollout, it's like it's like the most inappropriate, appropriate thing of all time, yeah, and it speaks to you know how ghetto we are um, as as a nation. That you know, despite 
multiple efforts to blackball this man. It's just mm-hmm. not happening because he holds too much influence and he has too much social capital. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with the people that matter the most, which is the younger part of millennials and the, and the whole entire Gen Z. They think he's a god. So it's like with that in mind, it's like these kids don't care what people in political spaces and corporate boardrooms and all of that shit got to say. They like what they like and they fuck with who they fuck with. Yeah, he he went number one now for the eleventh time. Hundred and forty eight thousand years. Yeah, eleven eleven straight number one. This is Ty Dollar's first number one, so that's a big deal. Um, I think the biggest thing in it is the fact that Usher just performed at the Super Bowl last week. And Usher released the independent album, first time ever. And Usher's album sold 90,000 copies, which in a normal week would be number one. Yeah. But Kanye sold 148,000. It's the first number one of an independent album. album. And I'm like, I know Usher is probably pissed. Because it's like, performing at the Super Bowl and then coming in number two on an album release the (laughs) next week is like... Fuck you, Kanye. And I'm like, that's the power of Ye, though. Yep. Me doing a commercial at the Super Bowl just sold $19 million worth of merchandise. And then I got the number one album in the country the week after. While you performed at the Super Bowl, yeah. can't be that, that says a lot. Yeah. A whole lot. Kanye, Kanye, I've said it. I'll say it again, man. Kanye is the greatest marketer um, to ever come from hip hop, bar yeah. none. Like, yeah. better than Puff, better than Jay. Better than all of these motherfuckers, like and it's like and, no, yeah. and those are phenomenal. There's some phenomenal marketers that came from hip hop. Russell Simmons, phenomenal marketer, um, you know, product guy. Understood the the verticals and the connection to uh, tangible product from hip hop before anybody did. Kanye's taken all of the skills and all of the shit that they showed us and balled it up into one, and he's greater than the sum of all of them guys. Straight up, when it comes to just being a straight marketer, Kanye sold motherfuckers. $500 shirts, he sold us $20 shirts, like, and everything in between. He's fucking had the, you know, the the most uh, produced and the most, uh, you know, stylized shoe in history with the Yeezy 2 Red October, and now he's selling Yeezy Pods, which is like a, a pantyhose with two little fucking Jones to cover your foot on them, yeah. you know what I mean? He's done any and everything in between, and he's going to continue to do so. And um, the most genius part about the uh, about the merchandise thing was that it was all pre-orders. Give us two to four weeks to get your order out. You know what I'm saying? So it was like anything that we short on that we didn't produce already, we take the money that y'all gave us, mark, mock this shit up real quick, and push it out. Even if they making a 20% margin on everything, you just netted yourself $4 million. Yeah, straight up. Paid off everything and netted yourself $4 million. Made enough bread to bake biscuits for the projects. Straight up, man. I, and I like I like the album. I really like it. I'm, album is very, very good. I keep playing They took shit. the uh, Donna Summer song off of the album. And that's the, that's the crazy part that nobody's talking about. They changed distributors no less than two times during mm-hmm. the course of the week. This is some Kanye Trojan horse shit. So Kanye, the album was, was distributed by a Create Group or whatever. They didn't know that they were distributing this album. Oh. Well, he jumped in on a distro deal for one of their subsidiaries, and they pushed the album out. 
They didn't know it was a Yay album until the shit was already number one everywhere. And then they looked and they was like, yeah, we got the number one album in, a, in, in 109 countries. And they like, we ain't putting nothing out this week. No, the Kanye album, that's under our shit. They like, take this shit down. So they took it down. Then he switched to another distributor. That was only up for two days. And then he switched to the final distributor that still has it up now. So they switched distributors three times throughout the course of the week and still went number one. And why would they not want to be distributing this shit? Because they don't want the blow potential blowback. Uh, of people showing up, picketing in their offices and all of that shit. But it's like, yo, y'all still got a number one album out of it. Regardless, yeah. y'all still share in this victory. It is what the fuck it is. Straight up, man. You got anything else over there? Uh, I mean, a little bullshit, but I don't really care to talk about none of this. Uh, oh, yeah, real quick. Uh, rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Four-year anniversary of uh, Pop Smoke's death. Um, four years already. 20, 2020. I did one of his last shows was here in Philly at Noto. Me, DJ Boo, and the crew from Noto did one of his last shows. The shit was amazing. Um, he performed for like a good 35, 40 minutes or whatever. And then two weeks later, he went to L.A. And he was, uh, he, shit, not even two weeks later, because this was the 19th, a week later, went to L.A., lost his life. So it's like, you know, it's one of them tragic situations, man, where, you know, his uh, his status as as a, as a rising star and as a young gangster precluded him from being able to make the smart decision of let this shit go and it keep my life. Right, he, right, right. he was he you know, he grew up in that 50 cent. I'm, they know I'm a fool. I'm down to die for my chain era. And he did. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate. And that story is still being told. There's so many tentacles to it. All of the killers are locked up. Uh, you know, you got kids as, as young as 15 years old that was involved in that shit. You know what I mean? And it's like somebody sent them to go do that, and that person still hasn't been held accountable yet. Yeah. The, um, hey, have you noticed just how many, like, comedic tours there are going Bruh. on? Bruh. Has, has, has anyone paid attention to there, there, there are so many. Cat Williams, Country Wayne, um... The the, uh, the 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 we lit tour or whatever it's they called. They was here the other day. Yeah. The um uh Chico, did you see Dutch video with Chico being? Yeah. And he was like, he's like, where the where the show at tonight? He said the Licorice Center. I'm like, the what? <laughs> <laughs> he said the Licorice Center. I said, damn. The um I got mixed reviews about the show. You know what okay. I'm saying? I, I didn't I didn't attend it, but I got mixed reviews. I mean, here's the here's the thing. All of those guys are super duper supremely talented. So on paper, it's like, yo, this is the 1986 Boston Celtics. Like, it looks amazing. But then when you realize, it's like, oh, a lot of these guys, the best part of what they do isn't stand up. It isn't being on the stage telling jokes. It's scenario-based skits and comedy and stuff like that where they get to control all of the elements. On stage at a comedy show, you know, because you've done stand-up. Mm -hmm. All you can control is your motherfucking material and how you react to whatever yeah. energy the crowd gives you. That's it. It ain't no ring lights. It ain't no it ain't yeah. no big booty bitch to distract us from the fact that you're not that yeah. funny. None of that shit. It's a total different discipline. Yeah, the... um. You know, I was having a conversation with my homie the other week talking about, like, comedians, and I'm like, there are certain comedians where they have to, like, move around to get you to laugh. Then there are some who can almost be state. Paul Moon used to sit on a stool. He used to sit there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so that plays into it and, like, what type of crowd you get, what type of crowd participation you get. You know, are you interacting with the crowd? Like, I'm like, for what it's worth, when you look at Kings of Comedy, D.L. Hughley, remember, his big moment of his part was interacting with the crowd, yeah. busting on the crowd and shit, where Bernie Mac had the, the driver who was slow or the, the, the milk and cookies young. Like, you know, certain people are like that. They're storytellers and they're a punchline comedian. It's just 
it's all different types of things. So it's like you can't take one person's word for it because there's somebody who might not like observational exactly. comedy. They want, you know, uh, 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 animated comedy. They want satire. They want that. So you really, you got to see it for yourself yeah. to almost get it. Like I said, so I got mixed reviews. I had people saying it was really good. People was like, it was kind of whack. It was kind of just like the same shit over and over. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I probably wouldn't go. I would, I would go to Cat before I would go to that. Yeah, for sure. Because um, I like Cat um, and Cat's, he got Tommy Davidson, who I think is funny as shit. Um, I heard Monique was really good. Okay. Like on, on, I heard that from three different Shout people. Shout out Sister Monique, I heard man. three different people was like, yeah, Monique was actually really, really good. Um, but I, I, I can't, you know, Monique come out. Let me tell you something, sisters. When I get like, I, I, I can't. Monique like Hulk Hogan for black women. Like, I, I can't do it. Let me tell you something, sisters. Like, let me tell you something, my babies. Yeah, my babies. Let me tell you my babies. <laughs> Straight up. You brought it up, and I guess we can. This is my y'all weird. I haven't done one in a little minute. You skit niggas. Have you noticed the skit niggas is beefing and dissing each other? Bruh. Yo, man. The, it, and you know the nigga that's mad at Drewski? That's the nigga I cursed the fuck out on Twitter a couple months ago. Oh, that's the Cheesecake that's, Factory? Yes, that's oh, him. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Look how it come back around, though. Yeah, that's the nigga I cursed the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even peep that. You right, that yeah, is him. Yeah. yeah, take me to the cheese. Yeah, yeah, damn. Yeah, and it's just... I get it. There's going to be overlap. Because we all exist in the same fucking culture. We all watch the same television, the same apps, the same hoes, the same things. There's going to be overlap because we all experience the same situations. You see what I'm saying? It's like, it just is what it is. Sometimes shit is just funnier. Yeah. That's what it is. I've said it before and I'll say it to Drewski face. I don't laugh at everything you do. But when you do some shit that's funny, nigga, I beyond that yeah. shit with the work skit, nigga. <laughs> when he walked in the break room and she was with the nigga, he said, that's a bet. That's a bet. <laughs> <laughs> he came out. He said, you know that's my bitch. And it's like, dog, you got, got a, a whole wife. wife. You know. That's <laughs> he said, you know. That's <laughs> I've seen a nigga act like that. <laughs> I watched that with my own eyes, dog. You know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That nigga came out to hop in the car with his wife and his kids and said, shut up, get in the back. So that, I was like, wow, that goddamn clown. I was like, yo, Drew's a fucking idiot, man. So I don't fall out at everything he do. But when he's on the money and he's being, he's like, it's not no, like, the, you know, the shit they do where they're like pumping him to be funny and yeah. shit. No. Them pixel commercials, I don't think I've laughed at one of them. But when he do them skits where he hit the right that that uh what's the shitty the 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 tryouts um oh that could have been, been records Jones it's some of those that are absolute gold he asked the security boy say you hit that shit I know I would with the little the little <laughs> kick, dog you hit that shit dog when when she remember she was rapping and she was like something 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 we don't do the boys he said you talking about him right. <laughs> <laughs> He walked out and said, get your little rope. Like, <laughs> Drewski funny as shit when he being funny. The, the problem with the skit world is, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, shout out to one fam, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a line from Black. Y'all got to touch grass a little bit more yeah. often, man. Like, y'all, you know, what, what we say, Black old man, you got to keep it green with me, Jack, <laughs> yeah. keep it brown. Don't be like, y'all, y'all be like stuck in this like internet 
world and not realizing that there's always going to be overlap in any industry. Yeah, because y'all y'all viewpoint on on topical stuff is so narrow that it's like to Drewski's credit, he's one of the few who shit isn't narrow because he covers white culture. He covers sports culture. He covers the most ground out of all you niggas. So if he happens to jump in your lane that you solely, all you do is this relationship, dating y'all, that type of shit. And you just do skits around that. So if the one time he happens to jump in that lane and there's some overlap there, it's like, you can't be mad at him because tomorrow his skit is going to be something completely like he has the reservation. He has has a pen skit. Skit on Bleacher Report, the Bama John. Yeah, the the, the, the what he say? Uh, uh, what was the line? Him and the white boy was screaming. Um, uh, blitz, blame blitz. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I don't give a piss about nothing but the. T- yeah. <laughs> like he got a pen John on Bleacher Report page yeah. of him acting like a hillbilly going to an Alabama game. So yeah. it's like, yeah, exactly. The shit with the uh with the frat boys and all of that shit when he started off when he first got popping. Like Drewski's approaching. Skits from us from a standpoint of creating time capsules and from like an anthropologist, where mm-hmm. it's like I'm covering the exploration of all this different culture and all these different fucking types of people. The rest of you niggas, y'all aren't doing that. Yeah. And like Matt said, when he's funny, he's fall on the floor funny. No. Sometimes he miss, but the thing is, he's created more cultural moments and way more hits than misses. To where it's like, yo, if he's still one of y'all shit, I'm more mad at you for saying something than at him for stealing it. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Straight up. Because I watch y'all shit, and I'm more mad that I watched it than, I'm, than, I, than I think it's entertaining. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I think that talent is a real big forgotten thing now because Man. everybody wants to be somebody. And, you know, what if you're just not... Like, I'll be honest with you. I want to do a show about this shit. Maybe doing a Patreon whatever. Another one of those curse. I was like, <laughs> y'all, y'all be so worried about doing everything that you forget to do anything great. Yeah. And that's a real big problem. Like, if you're not great at this, why even get into it? Stop trying to ride a wave or follow a trend, and it just don't work like that. When it comes to this skit shit, you say what you want about Drewski. That nigga has figured it out. He has taken skits to the big screen, in a a sense. He's in movies. He's in television. He's in commercials. He's literally a pitch guy for major brands behind Instagram skits. You got to give the nigga credit where it's due. A lot of you don't have the foresight. A lot of you don't have the mental fortitude to even get to that point. You don't know how to get past the same dumb shit you've been doing for the last six, seven years. That's not, it's not a problem, but the reality is some people just have talent and some people don't. You might have a good idea, but you can't get it to fruition. Exactly. This is where you need an angel investor or somebody to come in and help with this, that, and the third. That's the way it works. Drewski's one of them niggas. He's figured it out. He can, he can literally ring that Bama shit. That's one of the most, no one you know is attempting that. No. And it's such a simple 20 second, it ain't no elaborateness to it. Yeah. You, they did it in front of a fucking Bama football game. Yeah. He's just egging on the white boy who drunk. I don't give a piss about <laughs> nothing but the time. <laughs> a white boy is screaming this shit. They look crazy. Yeah. Great skit. Where we've seen skit creators where it's just like, Oh, don't hurt yourself now. Yeah, like, this is cringe. Yeah, don't hurt yourself up there. You reaching right now. Yeah. 
Like, yo, y'all 15 feet in the air now. <laughs> like, seriously. Because they're trying to make everything a moment, and it don't need to be that. Yeah, there's there's only two kings of the skit world, and it's for two totally different reasons. It's Drewski and it's Country Wayne. Country Wayne didn't turn his shit into a soap opera. He didn't turn his shit into as the world turns. Ain't none of y'all touching motherfucking Country Wayne. And then Drewski, like I said, it's a, it's a more pointed, directive way that he creates content where he's not just fucking sticking to one thing. He's not a one-trick pony. Which is more than I can say for the for the large of you that feel like you should be in his spot and you're not. I've watched some of Drewski Jones where I question how he even pulled the shit off. Right. True to, to that point. The Jones where he's the fucking TSA worker. I'm like, uh, what airport allowed this <laughs> nigga to even do that shit? No, you know F terminal open. That's just, we just leave, you know what I'm saying? You can just get on there and just fucking around. That nigga walked out putting the gloves on, he gave his man the little bullshit dap. I'm like, oh, that is exactly how niggas walk. <laughs> Oh, he was slamming the shit down, taking your shoes out. <laughs> yeah. He said, this your laptop? Bam. Said, Take the laptop out, out the, the back. <laughs> like, he got them joints where it's like, wait, who the fuck even approved this? Yeah. And you got to get past that. Then once you a minute in, it's like, oh, this shit is hilarious. He's figured it out. You got to give him credit. Again. Situational. That's got nothing to do with romance. At all. It has nothing to do with the dating. So when you do the dating skits and he haul off and do one that's about a relationship or dealing with somebody's topic, it's like, that's not what bro do. Yeah, that's it, not what he's known for. It ain't but six or seven relationships type of situations you're going to go through throughout the course of a relationship anyway. You cheating, she cheating, uh, motherfucking work husband, work wife. Um, yeah, like... It ain't but so many motherfucking scenarios. So if I happen to land on one of your topics, you can't go on an internet crusade to go scorched earth on me because I, I covered part of the 10, the 10 topical grounds that you... Nigga, shut the fuck up. Yeah, man. Yeah, y'all. Because you look bitter because you a hoe ass nigga, which is the same reason, Malik Bazil, the same reason that you got so out of your body with me for criticizing one of your corny ass skits. It wasn't good. You have other skits that are very good. But the problem is you a hoe ass nigga. So, like, you, you, this has become a problem with you. It's yeah, like. I, I think, honestly, we don't have a world where you're allowed to, like, critique or say anything. Because all of these problems you see, and that, I'm, I'm not that pro. I'm, I'm not out here doing that shit. But, like, you see the Shannon Sharp. Uh, Man, Shannon Sharp, you playing a dangerous game Ma on Mike it. Epps thing. Was it Mike Epps? Yeah. He, 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 like, on, he on the Mace. He mad at Mace now. Like, like Who? Shannon Sharp. What? Because Mace commentated around the Mike Epps shit. Now he mad at Mace. And I'm just like. What did, wait, wait, wait. Mace <laughs> commentated around the Mike Epps shit? He, he, they, on, on Mace and Cam's show, they was talking about, you know, the whole thing. Basically mm -hmm. chronicling what happened. Telling their audience, like, yo, if you missed this, this is what happened. Like, filling people in on what happened mm -hmm. or whatever. And throughout the course of that, Mace was just rehashing some of the things that Mike Epps said. And Shannon took it and made it like Mace was saying these things. And it was like, then he went on Nightcap and was like, yeah, um, you know, there's this guy, you know, he, he a pastor, a fake pastor, whatever. And he was a gangster. And then he's a pastor. And I don't know what, I ain't saying his name, but, you know. And I'm just like, yo, Shannon, you going to do this every week? Like, you're going you to get up yeah. here, you're going to take issue with everybody that, this is what you asked for. Yeah. So it's like, you don't get to ask to be the biggest person in media, and then every single time somebody says anything, because Mace wasn't tripping, he didn't say nothing bad about the man. He said that Mike said you was, yeah. 
you was sassy and you don't like when people call you Medea and blah, 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 blah. So it's like, you going to do this every week, old head? Yeah, I, I think that's where we are now, where it's like, don't critique me or say nothing bad about me ever. And it's just like, it don't, it don't work like that. Like, I, somebody the other day was like, somebody has said something about me. I'm just like... Okay, you know, I I don't I don't it, what the fuck I'm going to do with that? Yeah, yeah, nigga, I heard <laughs> like what the fuck? And here's the thing: what I learned because I ran around and did that shit for like five years, confronting everybody that had something to say about me. Nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten, they're not going to admit that they said it. Like I, I've never like they, they're going to bitch up and I, say that they didn't had, say it anyway. I had a situation like that years ago, man, where a nigga was saying I was crazy, and I I. I Called him because I had to get his number from someone because yeah. we don't even speak to each other. And I called the nigga and yo, you you would have thought I was doing a phone interview for a job at the water department. Yeah, Mister, tell me about yourself, man. Like, it's, it's like, nah, why why is it this? And like, oh man, you 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 can't believe everything you heard. You crazy? I'm just like, what? <laughs> and it's just like I don't do this shit. Yeah, checking it, niggas is an exhausting job. The, the man. reality is this: we're all imperfect. Everyone's trying to get better. You're going to have people who love you. You're going to have people who can't fucking stand you. You can't acknowledge them. I have people who don't like me. I, I, I'll tell you what I don't have. I don't have anyone in a right mind who gets this close to me and be like, <laughs> fuck you, fat nigga. I hate, like, I don't have that happen. You understand what I'm thinking about yeah. that? It's people who don't like you and can't, don't like, don't want to fuck with your podcast or your platform. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. There are people who legit champion this shit and fight for it every day the same way we do. So I have to focus on that. I can't focus on one detractor when I got hundreds, if not thousands, of fucking people who enjoy the shit. Hello. That doesn't make any sense. But what happens now is your shit can be viewed 55 million times. And the two people who don't like it, you on the internet like, let me tell you about these two bitch ass, <laughs> hoe ass niggas. It just is crazy, dog. It just doesn't make Something any sense. Something about them states with them eyes. This is a nigga from Idaho and a nigga from Iowa. It's like, like, it, it just it doesn't make any sense. It's exhausting. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just, no, no. If you if you put something out and think that you're about to have a hundred percent like rate, it's impossible. On it, you're crazy. It's impossible. I'm here to tell you, Goodfellas might be the best movie ever made. Goodfellas on Rotten Tomatoes has a 97%. Yeah. You know what that means? 3% of the people who watch it say, this fuck is this? fuck is this? <laughs> the fuck is this shit? Put back on Pootie Tag. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it go. Didn't you say Killer Season is one of the best movies ever? That's a fact. You'll take Killer Season over Going With The Wind, wouldn't you? I I've never seen Going With See The Wind. See what I'm wind. saying? It ain't gonna. I remember I was at uh, the poker table one time with this old white guy, and they were talking about movies or whatever, and he brought up um, uh, uh, Casablanca. And I was like, um, I've never even watched Casablanca. At the time, I'd never watched. Yeah. I've seen it. But I was like, I've never even watched Casablanca. He was like, you've never seen Casablanca. I was like, no, I've never seen Casablanca. He was like... Casablanca is is it's 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 a it's film royalty. It's one of the greatest movies ever, if not the greatest movie ever made. And you telling me you you know about movies and you've never seen Casablanca? I was like, you ever seen Belly? He was like, what? I was like, yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm from a different era and culture, nigga. Yeah. You've never seen Above the Rim or Juice. <laughs> shut your ass up over there. And it's like, that's the reality, though. There are some people who have never sat down to watch 
Clark Gable or or Orson Orson Welles or any of these fucking yeah. old. Seriously, you ask a motherfucker who is Claudette Colbert or or Elizabeth Taylor, they don't know. They don't they don't know that shit. But a motherfucker tell you every motherfucking season of Boondocks and that's the way it go. You yep. gonna have fans. You gonna have people who cool. Stop tripping off people who cool. Bingo. That's it. I got nothing else, man. I got nothing else, man. I'm tired as hell. I'm exhausted. Hopefully, y'all love this show. Like I said, uh, we got some free shows on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash official TRPE. You ain't even got to subscribe. Certain ones you can just listen to on there, you know, for the free to get a feel for what we're doing. If you do want to sign up, you get a free one-week trial period on the VIP tier. Uh, free 99. You can go in there, listen to all of the content on all of the tiers. We do an average of 10 shows a month over there. So that will unlock you to literally 300 plus episodes that we have over there. Plus our past AMAs, credit talk, all of this different stuff, man. So we appreciate y'all. We fuck with y'all. YouTube community, get this video a thumbs up, share it, and let people know you fuck with the realest podcast ever. We out. Peace. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.